brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Dragon's Greed Gaming. Your host here, Lord Borak, the Great Unclean One, coming at you once again with our Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition actual play series, Gallows Geists. And joining us around the digital table, Brian, Matt, and Will, and my good friend, Tyler. Last we left... You guys had finished your dinners at Grunwald Lodge, and the treachery of the hidden chaos cult was revealed. You eventually were able to track them down into a secret passage uh, that led into a underground area beneath the manor, which turned out to be a hidden chaos temple. And while down there, you discovered a whole bunch of cult members that were performing some sort of ritual. They had kidnapped the servant boy, Todd, and while he was being held down, several other members of the cult were performing a chant, and Pearson, who had uh, removed his bandages to reveal a chaos mutation of a large black orb in place of his right eye, stood at the head of the altar with a knife and some sort of demonic book leading the chant. And as a fight broke out uh, and bodies of cultists began to fall, 
and you guys took some cuts and bruises as well. The ritual seemed to be complete as Pearson sacrificed Todd and his blood was splattered all over some sort of canvas that he had on top of the altar. Once that had been completed, Pearson grabbed the canvas and ran off uh, down one of the side passages, and Matthias and Firth began to give chase while the rest of you finished off the rest of the cultists. Um, One other cultist did escape the way that you guys had uh, arrived, uh, one of the guards um, of the manor. Meanwhile, outside, you had left Gand with his three hounds, uh, who had you guys had roused the other guards and had tried to prepare any defenses as you had noticed beastmen uh, lurking about outside the manor uh, walls. So you don't know what's going on since then. You've been down here for um, you know maybe ten fifteen minutes as all this has gone on. So um, before we go any further, though, I do need everybody to make a uh, a corruption test for witnessing Todd being sacrificed. So this is going to be a cool test as well. Uh, hit me up with that. Where does that? Oh, cool. All right. Boom. Call loves it. Call. For, kill kill him again. Good. Kill him again. I succeed. Yeah, first is good. I fail, use my only reroll, fail again. That's uh, three times in the campaign I've gotten corruption, rerolled it, and failed it again. <laughs> what? Win in the race, did again. Another campaign, Matt's the win in the race. Matt, you are okay uh, because you well, you didn't fail by more than a degree. Oh, so okay. This particular test was not an incredibly difficult one because you guys have seen people die before. It's just that in this case, you're seeing someone being sacrificed to the Dark God's Chaos, which is a little different. Um, <laughs> all of you, all, all of you, hold your nerve. Nobody gains any corruption. Points. And we are there. So, um, just to recap, uh, Pearson disappeared down the left-hand hall, and the guard, uh, whose last name is. Uh, Coke, um, he disappeared down the right-hand side, uh, which is the way that you guys came, which was through the passage in the library. Uh, Todd's body is basically uh, slouched over the altar, dripping blood everywhere, and the bodies of all the other cultists litter the room, um, including the librarian Otto, who tried to escape down the center passage, and I believe Mort fried him with a uh, blast of magic as he tried to escape. At this point, uh, Matthias ran down the hall, shouting, we can't let him get away, and Firth, you had finished off the enemy that you were fighting, and you had joined him in the hall. So you are pretty much right there at that entrance to the hall, yeah. and he... You see that Matthias, you know, he's he gets to that point and he looks back um, and you can tell, I mean, you don't even need to make a check. You can tell he's conflicted whether to go chase Pearson or to kind of tend to the party because every I think everybody got pretty beat up. I think I think Firth, you're probably the healthiest, um, if I recall. Uh, I think I, I took a couple licks. Um, if you have over three health points, you're the healthiest. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I that's think. a good way to put it. Yeah, um, I mean, Matthias uh, took a good shot from the ball. Oh, yeah, no, I am. I am doing good because um, 
Because I, I re-rolled that one. I used my uh, fate or whatever it was, my fortune. Yes. Yeah. So uh, re- remember, any any um, fortune uh, points you have have restored since it's a new session. Sweet. Um, but yes, the um, you can tell he looks a little conflicted uh, as to whether to give chase or to uh, tend the group as you're kind of running in his direction. So you have a split second to say anything if you'd like. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, Firth is hell-bent on getting after that guy. So whether Matthias is coming with me or not, he's he's not pausing. He's going for it. And as you noted, uh, he's feeling pretty healthy. So uh, he he's feeling up to it, I guess. Okay. He's got the red mist as to send it. Okay, so you run past Matthias. Uh, Matthias looks at the three of you, and you guys kind of see this look of indecision on his face for a second. Um, does anybody say anything as Firth is kind of running towards the uh, the entrance to the hall? Get after the bastard. Uh, you can see Matthias's grim resolve kind of returns, and he shouts... Uh, Regroup and grab the blunderbuss, and then uh, he follows after Firth into the hall. So what we're going to do is we're going to use a mechanic here that the game has, which is uh, like a pursuit chase mechanic. So normally, if you're trying to chase someone down, um, you can continue to try to pursue them until either they get so far away that you lose them or you get close enough to where you actually catch them. Now, in this case, uh, there's not many places for Pearson to go, and he is trying to get to a particular place. Um, So this is also going to be kind of a a timed thing. You're going to have a certain amount of turns to try to catch up to him before he gets to where he's going to go. So rather than just do movement on a map, we're going to use these chase rules here uh, for you, Matthias, and Pearson. You and him will each have a chance to, um, uh, to try to catch him. You're saying, you're saying I have an opportunity to roll badly. That's what you're, what you're giving me. Yes, yes, but he does as well. So, um, so I'm not going to tell you like what your what your number of successes you have to get in order to catch up to him. But basically, there's a number that will that you have to reach in order to uh, to get to him. Gotcha. Um, and depending on how well you guys do versus how well or poor he does. Basically, it's all comes down to success levels. Cool. So because it's a, a, a chase on foot, this is going to be athletics tests. And that's in the skills and talents. All right. So I have already made his test uh, to start here. So I know kind of how far ahead of, of you he is at this point. Now, if you do not have the athletic skill, it's just going to be straight agility. I've got athletics. Okay, good. I do, too. Um, so this right now is just going to be a chase between Matthias, Firth, and Pearson. The three of you can either take a chance to kind of regroup a little bit, um, because right now they are they're in the hallway, you guys are too far behind to really effectively give chase. However, I'm sorry. Sorry, no, go ahead. 
So if you'd like, though, obviously you guys can follow them. And, you know, while you won't be part of the chase, you're not going to be able to catch Pearson. You will be able to at least keep track of where they are in, in the manner as they as they run. So we'll start with Matthias and Firth, and then we'll see what everyone else is going to, to do. Um, so, uh, Firth, go ahead and give me an athletics test. Athletics test. Here we go, baby. Oh, failure. 60 over 39. Okay, so I need to know success levels, please. Uh, so what is that? Minus uh, three, right? Minus is three. It, is that right? Would you, yeah. would you like to use a fortune point to re-roll? I guess so. Yeah, might as well. Since I, or um, you could since also... Yeah, I'm doing it. All right. Take off one fortune that I just got back. Athletics again. He's determined. Oh, yeah. Uh, Success level two, 14 over 39. Okay. So the three of you disappear down the hall. Um, I'll get to you back to you in just a second. So we will go with, we'll just stick in initiative order here. Mort, what would you like to do as you see them bolt down the hallway into the darkness? Well, I mean, gotta go with them. Can't just sit, stay back here. Okay, so you're going to join the pursuit, so to speak? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Kyle, how about you? Um, I'll shout, uh, throw two logs in the same river, and uh, the second oh. one won't find the first until they hit a rock, and I'm going to actually turn and cut back this way. Okay, are you going to try to find the guard that escaped? Or are you just going that way to... to where Pearson is going before he gets there? Gotcha, okay. LaVolpe. Did someone grab the blunderbuss? No, you see Mort goes running after Firth and Matthias. Call says some weird shit in Dwarven. You're like, huh? I do not understand, senor. And he runs down the hall uh, the other way, and you're left alone. I understood. Grab the blunderbuss. Um, okay. I will I will grab that, and I will follow uh, Cole. I don't want him to go alone. Okay. I, would uh, I see the guard when I run that corner? No, he because he, he took off um, he took off at the same time as Pearson did, so he's... Or actually, I think he took off before him. Mm-hmm. So he's... Uh, he catch a hammer to the back of the head. No, no, that guy, that guy is, is, uh, is gone at this point. Um, he went to heaven. So, Firth. Yes. Uh, you, you take off first, uh, before Matthias does, and he is, he is right behind you. It looks like he's doing a great job keeping up as well. Um, but you turn the corner and you head down the hall and there is, uh, what looks like, um, not, not a wall, but it looks like there's, there's something that's not a door kind of blocking the path. You can see a little bit of light in the room beyond. And when you get to, uh, this area right here, yeah. um, you realize that you are on the opposite side of a wine rack. Oh. What do you do? Those like uh, kicks at Dover, for sure. Okay. All right. He's not, as much as he likes a, a farm vintage. Uh, go ahead and give me a strength test. Strength test. Uh, uh, is that one of the See if there's any skill this would be. Other than strength. 
that's just straight up strength. Strength. Uh, right? You know what? This I guess this would be athletics as well, and uh, you can have uh, plus. What was your success levels on your chase? Two. All right, you can have plus uh, twenty to this test. Oh yeah, uh, success at level three. Okay, so without even stopping, I mean, you're able to see the the glare of the light off the bottles and you realize what's in front of you, and you basically just lower your shoulder and crash through uh, this this wine rack. And you, um, La Volpe, you kind of hear this. Mort, you definitely hear it as you're entering the hall. You hear just loud crash and then a shattering of all these bottles uh, Firth glass goes everywhere. The uh, parts of the uh, uh, the shelves are just like shattered as you just like cascade through this like a horse, nice. and you find yourself in the wine cellar. I don't believe your character's been down here yet, has he? No, he aspired to be, but he never made it. So you recognize that's definitely what it is. It's the wine cellar, and you see there is a flight of stairs uh, that leads back up into the manor. Um, and you um, you don't see Pearson, but you can hear him at the top of the stairs as you come crashing through. And basically, you're able to get to the bottom of the stairs with your pursuit roll. And Matthias okay. is like pretty much right at the doorway here, and you can hear the crunch of uh, glass and wood as he... Uh, crosses the threshold into the cellar, nice. and you, you maybe you catch a glimpse of the back of Pearson's clothes or his shadow at the top of the stairs, but you can tell that you have uh, definitely gained on him. So at this point, let's go back up to the lodge. All right. So, Cal, you make your way to the ladder and get up the ladder. And the door at the top of the ladder, the trap door, has been shut. I'm going to break it open. Okay, give me an athletics test at minus I'll just my hammer at it. Um, okay, um, it's still going to be at minus... Uh, it's going to be hard to swing the hammer on a ladder upwards. So that... If you try to use the hammer, it's going to be negative 20. If you just try to do an athletic test, it'll be negative 10. You know, every problem to me looks like a nail. So. <laughs> That's fair. No, you got his hammer. Boom! <laughs> nice. Uh, speed. Just <laughs> okay, so yeah, you, you obviously you go to, to press it first, and it's obviously been locked, and you swing the hammer, and there's a big crack and uh, you hear part of the latch come loose, and uh, it looks like one more good hit will probably knock it loose. LaVolpe, uh, you grab the blunderbuss. Um, do you grab or look for anything else, or do you just grab the blunderbuss and head off? Um, I will check um, his corpse to see if there's any other ammo or such in it. Um, you know, not being completely familiar with how it works, I'm going to just take a moment to look and see what was on him. Okay, yeah. Um, so with a, a quick check, you do find, uh, like, a bag that's filled with, you know, the, the required shot. And it looks like he has enough for one more shot on the blunderbuss. Um, so, yeah, you do have enough for, for one shot with that. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take it and I'll try to examine it while hurrying. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I mean, your, your character's probably not sure how to load this thing. Um, you can yeah. still attempt to, but uh, you don't really know how it works. Um, but you do have it, and eventually you get to the bottom of the ladder, and you can see Call at the top, and he's smashing the door open, the trap door, which obviously has been locked behind the guard that escaped. Uh, Mort, you make your way around that corner, and you see uh, Matthias and Firth bursting through the what was the the wine rack, and then heading up uh, the stairs into uh, the manor itself. All right, well, I'll uh, continue the chase and try to go along with the rest of the group and go after the guy. Okay, Firth, need another test, please. Ready, athletics again? Yes, sir. Success at two levels. Perfect. Okay. Moving. See what Pearson got here. He rolled. Okay, I was time. running. <laughs> Matthias, we are leaving. <laughs> um. Okay. So you get to the top of the stairs and you find yourself in the gallery. Uh, so you're over here in this part of the hall. Okay. And, um. So. Pearson here. Firth, you're at the top of the stairs. Tyus is right behind you. She's gone. Mort, you're at the bottom. Call right now. You're trying to break through the uh, the library. Just put a little way there too. So Firth, you get to the top of the stairs, and you see um, Pearson at this point is is about here. And it looks like he's going into he's going for this door into the sitting room, which uh, is I think the one room that no one ever examined in the adventure. So you're not sure what's in there, but you're basically able to get like just just short of arm's reach behind him. Nice. Um, you've caught up to him, and if you can have another good test like that, you'll definitely. Um, He'll definitely be there. Uh, Matthias winds the corner and slows down to avoid crashing into the wall. So he uh, basically gets into the hall, but he's fallen behind a little bit. Um, and Mort, you're able to, uh, you're starting making your way up the stairs. And you can see, you know, the uh, Matthias turns the corner and continues the chase down the hallway. Uh, Carl, give me another uh, test, please. Um, this time, only negative 10 uh, if you use the hammer. Yeah. If I use the hammer, he says. <laughs> <laughs> boom. Crash, bang, boom. So with another uh, wild swing, you shatter the lock and the door, the trap door pops open and you find yourself at the top of the ladder in the library. Right. And you can, can hear the sound move? chasing um, in the hall. Can I use my move to catch up to Firth? Basically, yeah, you can get to the door and get out into the hallway with your move. Nice. Yeah, uh, Firth, you just hear from behind you, Kazakid, 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 <laughs> ha! And a dwarf just appears behind you. So yeah, you as you turn into the, as you uh, burst into the hallway, um, you know, Firth, like at that point, is just running past you, and you see Pearson about to run into the that other room, and you see Matthias to the left uh, down the hall. Um, Lavolpe, you are able to start climbing the ladder at this point, and uh, you see Kahl disappears once he reaches the top of the ladder and obviously goes running into the hall. Um, so, Zifferth, your chance to be the hero we don't deserve. 
<laughs> All right. Oh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and re-roll that one, too. Ooh, gross. Uh, that was bad. You, 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 you jinxed it with the hero we don't deserve. This. Uh, oh, yeah. Critical success, le- three levels. All right. Um, so remember, it's not it's not a crit because that's the five percent. Oh, that's yeah. Sorry, um, but still, plus three is is pretty good. So, uh, Pearson gets into the room, and it looks like he is running towards this back wall where the chimney is, mm-hmm. and he gets to about here, about two thirds of the way, and you are able to catch up to him, um, and you. You, you don't have a chance to take in everything that's in this room, uh, but basically uh, what you see is um, it's uh, it looks like almost like a storeroom. There is uh, a large table with a bunch of uh, random stuff kind of piled on it. Uh, some of it is covered in um, like uh, blank, not blankets, but like sheets or tarps. Mm. There is a, uh, a chandelier that hangs from the ceiling, and there is a window next to the chimney you can see there's a there's a fireplace in here uh looks like it has not been used in a while mm-hmm. and on the right hand side of the wall over here you see what looks like a a, a huge uh ornate frame of a of a picture hanging on the wall mm-hmm. and it looks like whatever was in there has been torn out Mm-hmm. And um, you're guessing it's probably whatever uh, Pearson uh, has, that canvas in his hand. Mm-hmm. And you also see on the floor uh, by that, that portrait frame, you see there is a big velvet cloth that is on the ground. And you also see a little heap of bloody tattered bandages. However, you are able to catch up to uh, to Pearson, so you may try to either grab him or attack him or whatever you'd like. So you've caught up to him, and you can now perform an action. So what would you like to do? He's going to get the boat hook. Oh, I mean, if ever okay. there was an opportunity to use the boat hook, this is it right here. So Okay, and uh, this will be, um, let's see. This will be plus 20 because he is currently just trying to run. That nice. Made for this. Nice. Uh, five over 61. Okay. So six, six degrees. Of okay. Success. So you, you remember how to calculate damage? Uh, no, it's plus SB plus four. So. Yep, so that's um, your strength bonus. Strength bonus is. Uh, What's my strength bonus? Three, right? What's your strength? Thirty something. Thirty-three. Yeah. Plus three, and then you you add your success levels. All right. Oh, so success level. So six plus three plus four. Nice. Thirteen. Take that, Pearson. He's not making an opposed test. Otherwise, if he did, you know, he would reduce your success levels if he passed, but he doesn't. So, okay. So you uh, drive the boat hook. Uh, and where did you hit him? What was the location? Um, I'm sweeping the legs. Oh, sorry, no. Uh, it's body. 
body. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes the most sense. So you hit him, uh, you basically drive the boat hook into his uh, left shoulder, and he lets out a, uh, a screech of pain. And, um, you know, he obviously continues to try to, to move forward, but you get a, a good hit on him, which slows him down. And, uh, yeah, uh, you tear his, his, you know, his nice clothes. Um, you can see blood pouring out and, uh, at this point he's still holding the canvas and the book. Um, but he, uh, he throws the book aside and, you know, basically at you to try to kind of like distract you Mm -hmm. and, uh, continues to try to, uh, to escape. Um, so he is going to make an attack and he pulls out his, uh, his dagger that he has. And he takes a, a stab at you. Okay. Uh, so give me a weapon skill test, please. Weapon and you have one advantage at this point because you hit him. Uh, so I get plus 10. Oh, a failure. 37 over 32. Okay. Uh, well, he failed as well, so he does not, um, he does not hit you. And then... Uh, you know, he's, you can see he's trying to back away, and you're basically staying right on top of him. You've kind of got him in the corner here, um, you know, but he's, you know, he's between you and the uh, fireplace. Nice. Um, and at, at this point, Matthias reaches the doorway, and at this point, we'll start initiative again. Um, so let's roll for initiative, and we'll go from there. All right, so Firth, um, I'm going to have you go first just because you are uh, you are right there. So, oh, I should probably roll for Pearson as well. Just a second. I see that Mort. I'm above you. Is what I meant to say. Okay, um, Pearson has an 11, so he will be in between uh, you guys. So, Firth, what yes. would you like to do? Uh, how is he looking banged up at all? I mean, I. I Pretty solid, right? It, 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 yeah. It looks like that was definitely something he was not expecting or used to. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take another jab at him, um, but more in a, like a restraining kind of way, if that makes sense. Well, um, if you would, if you want to try to, um, like hook him with the boat hook. If you want to try to attack someone and not actually hurt them, uh, there are rules in the game to do that. Um, basically, it's kind of like uh, you're almost like trying to pull your punches, so to speak. Um, if you do that, uh, you do not do you can't score critical hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you were to uh, knock him to zero health, you could technically knock him unconscious. Or if you want to use the hook to try to trip him or something like that, you could try to do something like that. Instead. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and do that. Okay. I, I want him. I want him around for interrogation, basically. Okay. All right. Uh, um, so go ahead and roll. So just a normal normal attack. Yep, and you still have your advantage. So you have the plus one, one advantage so far. Okay. Uh, he passed by one or two. I passed by three. Passed by one. So that means you count as passing by two. So you'll add your damage plus two for your success levels. Right. Uh, sorry, where did I go? I lost my. Um, where's my damn thing? Um, okay, so three plus four plus two, uh, is nine, nine damage this time. 
Okay. All right, so this, and where'd you hit him? Uh, this time in the body again. Okay, so this time uh, you sweep under his guard as he tries to, to lash out with the dagger, and you hit him uh, basically right in the side, like right below the ribs, and uh, you see he spits up blood and tries to steady himself against the uh, the table that he's near, and yeah, he's looking looking pretty hurt, and he kind of hisses at you through uh like through the blood that's kind of dripping through his lips, and he's like, "It can't end like this, so close." And uh, Mort, you're next. Uh, so I'm there in the room with him, right? At, at this point, yeah, you've you've caught up, um, you know, because you were you were following behind. So yeah, you 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 and Kyle kind of reached the door at the same time. Is he still holding on to that thing that he like enchanted or whatever? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, you know, Firth's, Firth's a big dude and definitely bigger than Pearson, so, um, you know, you, you don't see everything. But yeah, you can tell he's still clutching the uh, the canvas in one hand, and uh, he's got his, his dagger in the other hand. Okay, I'm going to basically to, uh, I, I want to try to knock it out of his hand, so I'm going to basically try to do a cold shot to his arm holding the canvas and make him drop it. Okay, uh, minus 20. Oh, well, that's not going to happen, okay. Well, yeah, cold, cold shots are minus 20. Let's let's just try it. See what you can do it. We believe in you, Mort. Nope, fail by four. <laughs> oh, well, hold on, because he gets to make his defensive roll, so he could actually still fail. Um, he fails by two. Oh, I fail by four. All right. Okay, so yeah, you you get in there and you try to hit him, and it uh, it does not work. Um, uh, and it is uh, it is his turn. Uh. Looks like his attention is mostly on Firth, though. So he takes another stab at you, Firth, mm. and he passes by one. And this one's just a weapon skill roll. Yep. Do I, do I get the bonus still? The one. Yes. You you have uh, two advantage now because you hit him again last time. Excuse me. Oh my goodness! Fumbling failure minus six. Okay. It's not actually a crit failure. Yeah, it's doing the 5% thing again. Yeah. So, right. however, uh, that is very bad. So, uh, he does hit you, mm. and uh, it's going to be a decent hit because of all those negatives you just rolled. <clears throat> Luckily, Pearson is not the strongest guy around. All right. Firth, you take 10 points of damage. Ooh. Does uh, my. Sorry. Go so ahead. You, yeah. So you you do your you you reduce the damage by your uh, your toughness and your um uh your arm. Oh wait, where did he hit you? Hold on. He hit you in the left leg. Yeah, and... I got nothing, I got nothing on my leg. So I just reduce it by my toughness. Yes. Which is a two. So I take eight damage total. Yes. Boy. That's rough. All right, I'm hurt. Oh, you're still standing though. That's good. Uh, yeah. However, you do lose your advantage, and he gains one. Ugh. All right, looks like the rest of this is up to you guys. La Volpe, you are next. Uh, am I? Well, I'm following Cole. Are we? Can I? I guess you tell me yeah, how far so... I can make it. I mean, you guys, you guys have gotten to the door of the uh, the sitting room at this point, and there's really no more room 
to to get to Pearson right now uh, sure. with with Firth and Mort and all the furniture in the way. Um, so what would you like to try to do? Or what would you like to do? Uh, well, I will try to at least block the exit so he can't run away. Um, and uh, I'll try to examine to see if I know how to load the blunderbuss or try to. Uh, do you shut the door to make sure that he doesn't, um, that he at least can't come back out the door? Um, that kind of leaves our only exit out of there. Um, I don't, unless he's going to, I'm sorry, he's backed up against a bookcase, no? Is he? He's in the corner of the room by the uh, fireplace. he'd, He'd have to run past. Five of us. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think I close the door. Okay. Just in case we need to escape. Okay. Um. Well, in that case, uh, go ahead and give me a. I believe it's a ballistic skill test. Just double check here. So yeah, it's going to be a. uh, I'm assuming you do not have uh, the skill in black powder weapons. No, I don't. Okay, so then this will be a straight ballistic skill test. Alright, sounds good. Uh, I do not pass, I fail. Okay. Yeah, you're not sure how this thing operates. Um, I mean, you're looking and like, you know, it's a blunderbuss, so it uses, you know, a bunch of shrapnel rather than like a bullet, so it's very confusing to you. Um, So you're not sure what to do. Uh, That leaves Matthias. Matthias can't really get into the fight either, but he uh, he shouts to Pearson, uh, you know, to to surrender. You know, there's nowhere to go. We've got you. Uh, but it doesn't seem like uh, Pearson is interested in, in giving up here. Kyle, uh, so you're saying I can't get into the room? You can get into the room, but you can't really get to anywhere to attack Pearson. All right, we we'll get into the room and. Uh... I- I would happily step out of the way if it allowed me allow me to get in. Uh, well, you're you're doing your perfect thing of being a useless fucking elf. <laughs> uh, you you can on your turn, Mort, but um, you mean you're engaged in combat right now. So if sure. you try to back off, he can try to swipe you. Gotcha. Guess I will uh, t- attempt to throw my barbed net over him. Oh, okay, all right, I dig it. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, now he is engaged. So I would say a range test at minus 10. Yeah. Yeah, sure, let's do it. I don't mind if Frith gets wrapped up in this. Frith doesn't mind if he gets wrapped up in this. Let me me just check and make sure, because I know there's actually shooting into melee penalties. I'm not shooting anything. I'm just bringing in in a haul. It's still a range attack. If I catch one extra fish, that's just a bonus. Bonus fish. Okay, so so here's how it works. If you shoot into a melee, melee, if you're trying to hit a specific target, it's minus 20. However, if you do not care whom you hit, you actually gain a bonus, depending on the size of the crowd. Um, So in this case, it's going to be a... So would it just affect the entire crowd, then? Um, if it, um, I have to find the table, but if you, okay. if you just shoot indiscriminately, it basically just randomly hits, uh, someone. However, with, because of the way the net works, um, it's, 
probably uh it probably won't matter. Uh, so this is and precise. This is a uh, it's a small group, so you get plus twenty if you're just going to throw the net. Do it. Um, and what does precise do again? Precise is gain a bonus of one success level to any successful test when attacking with this weapon. Cool. All right, I'm uh, reeling in the catch of the day. <laughs> okay. Ooh, that's a hundred, folks. Oh, oh, okay, shit. now that that is a critical failure. That is definitely a critical failure. You just snared me. Um, what? It doesn't do any damage. It does no damage. All right, uh, how high or low? Uh, let's go low. The net lands on the elf. Yes, nice. of course it does. <laughs> well, he's been fucking useless, anyways. Just here's your master plan to kill the elf. <laughs> His treachery is revealed. I've got you, you chaos bastard. No, wait, that's more. No, Pierce, not me, you stupid stunty. <laughs> uh, first, you yeah. see the net sail through the air and it lands on Mort. And, yeah. you know, the heavy-weighted ends, you know, um, crash to the floor, and you can see Mort is completely entangled. Uh, but you may act. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm upset about being stabbed like that, so I'm just going to go for that. I'm, I'm going all in here on the attack. Kill shot. Yeah. All right, well, he passed by three because of his advantage. I failed by one. Okay, so you swing the boat hook, and he basically ducks under it, and you end up hitting uh, part of the um, uh, the ch- or the fireplace instead, and you know your boat hook knocks uh, some some dust and some loose bricks aside, mm-hmm. and then Pearson is going to spend or Mort. I'm sorry, you're up. So now that I'm trapped in a net, what can I attempt to do here? What what else does it do, Will? It's a entangle, right? Yeah, it is entangle. So um, they've just subtract like what my strength bonus, I think. I uh, again. Any opponent successfully hit by your weapon gains the entangled condition with a strength value equal to your strength characteristic. When entangling an opponent, you cannot otherwise use the weapon to hit. Um, okay, so let's see, entangled. Find my list here. So it's like a weighted blanket, Matt. You just feel really comfy and you want to go to bed. Entanglement value of three, meaning what? Entangled. You are wrapped in something restricting your movement. It could be ropes, spider's webbing, or an opponent's bulging biceps. On your turn, you may not move, and your actions involving movement of any kind suffer a penalty of minus 10. For your action, you can remove an entangled condition if you win an opposed strength test against the source of the entanglement, with each uh, success level removing an extra entangled condition. So if I want to get up in one turn, I have to pass the strength test by three. Because it is entanglement three. Am I understanding that correctly? Whereas, let's say I pass by one degree, so it'll drop to an well, entanglement I value mean, of two. So it says a post-strength test. So, I mean, wouldn't I just let go of it? 
Well, I guess the question is, am I rolling against the net or am I rolling against you? I'm going to say uh, you're going to just be rolling against the net. Uh, I will say, obviously, the net entangles you because that's the whole point of the net. But he's not holding on to it anymore. However, it does have you know it does have weighted ends, so the point is to try to keep you in place a little bit. Um, so go ahead and give me a strength test, and I will quote unquote roll for the net. Hundred, <laughs> roll the hundred. Oh my goodness! All right. <laughs> is I mean, what is you're, with you guys? <laughs> Mark, you're pretty messed up anyway, right? I know you took some. some I've got hit. three health remaining. Yeah, you try to lift this thing, and it's like, oh my goodness, this is way heavier than a net should be, um, and you just you can't you can't get it off of you. So you're 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 pretty much just tangled up right now, trying to do that. This is my life now. There's your kid, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> this is my life now. <laughs> okay, so then on Pearson's turn, he, <laughs> um. Pearson is going to spend his advantage to make the disengage action. And first, to your surprise, he actually ducks into the chimney Mm -hmm. and you see that he begins to ascend a ladder that is hidden in the chimney. Mm -hmm. That leaves us to La Volpe. Um, Is there... uh, Well, I guess I'll try and help get the net off Mort. Okay. Uh, give me a strength test, please. Does he have any sort of assistance because I'm also trying to get out, or no? Yeah, plus ten. Great. Alright, um, so I pass. I, uh, succeed by one degree. Alright, you get the net off of the elf. Oh, thank you, Lavelle, but at least someone around here knows what they're doing. Uh, Matthias (laughs) takes his turn and continue, he runs to the ladder... And you see at this point, he has reloaded one of his pistols, and uh, he aims the pistol up the ladder. Hell yeah. And then I started blasting. So I started blasting. Oh my god, he rolled a nine. Oh my god, get fucked, Pearson. So, the shot rings off, and it uh, it's even louder than normal, because it's in such an enclosed space. Uh, particularly for you, Firth, right next to it, uh, your ear is ringing, and what? this shot goes off, and all of you hear Pearson let out a cry, and then, um, like a second later, all this soot and dirt comes uh, pouring down onto Matthias, and he quickly backs out, and Pearson's body crashes to the floor in nice. a hump, in a you know just a, a, a um, just a little heap, and the canvas comes fluttering down uh, to rest on him. And he is definitely dead. Hooray! Uh, let's just stab him in the neck to make sure. But, let's, uh, let's rescriate and pache him. You know, a nine is a shot to the right leg, which uh, I'm just going to say, it probably got some cheek in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> got a million dollar wound, son. Government must keep that money because I didn't see any of that. <laughs> well, um, good job, everyone. Yeah. What uh, what's going on with this guy? 
I'm going to immediately shoot daggers over to the call. Hey, it's, not your, it's not your turn. Sorry, see the initial tracker still up there? I'm going to go up there and uh, <laughs> uh, wrap up this canvas because uh-huh. I, uh, you know, I double passed very well all my cool tests, and I don't want. I know that your folk have a hard time dealing with these corruptive forces, so I'm going to roll it up and uh, stuff it into a bag. I'm like, Cole, whose side are you on? We had him in the corner, and you throw a net on me and let, give him an opportunity to get away. What are you doing? You jumped in front of the net. It's not you. It's not my fault. Maybe next time you should duck instead of standing there like a, an ornament. Oh, so me holding a guy in the corner is, is considered me jumping into a net now? You were doing nothing. Firth was doing all the work. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to continue like wrapping it up and just hiding it and stuffing it into a bag. I break the bad news about the wine cellar to the dwarf. What are What are you... Putting into the bag. I'm just covering up the 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 canvas so nobody's eyes meet it again. Okay, so give me a willpower test, please. I'm not at, looking at it. At negative twenty. Oh no! Don't release a shambler or something, Will. Negative twenty. Yeah, fail by three. <laughs> Okay, so at this point, all of you um, realize that this room looks and feels unnaturally dark. And now that you, everything is kind of quieted down and you're, you're near this canvas that uh, Pearson had grabbed, um, there's this strange sense of foreboding that kind of falls over you guys. And, Kyle, you you instinctively go to try to uh, to cover this thing up, and you know you've got your um, your cloth or whatever you've got, and as you approach the canvas, uh, just this strange feeling of of terror kind of ripples down your spine, and you can't bring yourself to cover it, and you know. Uh, instinctively and and unfortunately everybody now has a chance to see exactly what this thing looks like that he uh was carrying so let me show you a photo <gasps> hell yeah this is obviously what it looks like uh when it was in the frame uh, so can i i'm just going to spend a resolve to become immune to psychology okay so that is what you guys see mm. obviously basically laid over Pearson's mm. body at this point. It is a bizarre-looking painting of a, an unblinking eye. When you when you look closely, you can see that there looks like there's almost some sort of face. But yeah, it is, it is a very disturbing and unusual thing when you all look at it. And definitely unnatural. And, and Carl, your instincts to try to cover it up definitely were the right thing. Unfortunately, you're unable to do that. It does help against uh, part of what it does, uh, but everyone must still make a cool test for corruption. Eh, shit. Any bonuses or negatives? Nope, straight up. Uh, I pass. Oh, I actually passed one. <laughs> uh, hold on. I gotta... Oh, yeah, there we are. Yeah, I pass. Oh, man, Carl doesn't give a fuck. 
I'm sorry, what'd you get, uh, Kyle? Did you pass? Yeah. Okay. So everybody passed? Yeah. Okay. So despite the unnaturalness of this, um, and for you, for you, Kyle, the, the terror that this thing that's emanating from this thing doesn't affect you if, you, if you're going to spend your resolve. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the corruption part of it, it is still some sort of chaos artifact that unnerves everybody. And it almost looks like there are dark faded stains on the white of the eye and the outside part that blue and purple almost feels like it's shifting. Um, and you can see the fresh stains of Todd's blood on there and where those stains are. It looks like the painting is almost bubbling and it's not bubbling as much as it was when it was down in the temple. And at this point, um, you all pass. Nobody suffers any any negative effects, but you all feel this emanation of terror and, and you know being frightened of this thing. But nobody runs. Nobody loses their nerve. And Matthias quickly wraps it up. You know, he basically wraps it up like a poster, and then um, he takes the cloth that you have, Carl, and the two of you kind of wrap it up so that you can't see it. And then he he folds it and makes sure that it's it's bound. And he. Uh, you know, he nods to you like, uh, you know, good thinking, and then, you know, kind of takes uh, custody of it, so to speak. And at this point, you have a, a moment respite as you kind of take stock of things. And everybody give me a perception test at plus 40. Ooh. Pass by five. Pass by one. Carl's just concentrating really hard and getting this thing wrapped up. Uh, I pass. Okay, for those of you who pass, you can all hear the sounds of shouting and fighting from outside and the unmistakable baying of beastmen. Yay. What is everybody's... I know they were there. What is everybody's uh, health at right now? Mine's at three. I'm at two. I'm three. at two. We're all one hit away. Matthias looks over you all, and um, he says, um, quickly, we need to get upstairs to my things. And he leads you guys out the room towards the uh, the stairs. Um, before we do that, can I do some sort of arcana check on this thing? Get any more information about it? On the painting? Yeah. At this point, no, because he's wrapped it up. And if if you try to, he will not let you look at it at this point. Okay. He says, leave it. We have, uh, we don't have time right now. Okay. Before I leave the sitting room, Kala's is going to split Pearson's skull. <laughs> Splat. With the oh, cordon yeah. and hammer. <laughs> it feels good. Feels good. And I'll pick up the book if nobody has. Uh, okay, so the book, um, you do not have to take any tests, but this is what the book looks like uh, when before you pick it up. Ugh. Yeah, it's getting stuffed in a bag, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is a chaos book if I've ever seen one. Oh, you've seen him? Uh, M- Matthias. <laughs> click, click. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm assuming everybody follows Matthias upstairs. I just yeah. want to quickly check Pearson's body if he had anything else on him. Check his pockets and whatnot, if he's hiding anything else. 
The only other thing that you find on him is a uh, his dagger, uh, which, upon closer inspection, definitely looks like the evil part of a you know sacrificial chaos dagger. Um, hmm. And you do find uh, his key, which you're assuming is to his room. I'll take the key. Leave the dagger. Okay. Is there uh, anything else in the room of note? Um, quick, quick peruse. A I quick mean, look around. No, it looks like this is definitely a storeroom of some sort. There is a big, comfy chair uh, that looks a bit decrepit and un—you know—not unused but uncared for. Mm-hmm. And it looks like yeah, just a lot of extra stuff was stored in here, uh, and it's been left. It, it, this is definitely the dirtiest room in the house, as far as like it's covered in dust. Nothing seems to have really been uh, cleaned. Uh, and you guys all can actually even see your breath uh, a little bit, as if this room is colder than the rest of the manor. Uh, first, is going to take a quick look up the chimney to see where he was going. It, you see the, the the sky above, as far as you can tell. It looks like it goes out outside somewhere. Hmm. What's directly above this room in the manor? Uh, Ashenberg's room. And, oh, Pearson's room's also kind of, like, right there, too. Yeah, right, that makes sense. But, yeah, you can see, like, you can see the night sky. The night sky. I mean, it is a chimney, so, for a fireplace. Okay. So, um, I'm assuming you all go upstairs, follow, follow Matthias? Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, he he's in a, a like a run at this point. He's not wasting any time. And as you guys make your way up there, you continue to hear the sounds of battle outside. And when you you guys get to Lord Ashenberg's room, I'm sorry, to uh, uh not Ashenberg's room, um, Vern's room, because that's where you guys were going to end up staying the night. Uh, that's where your stuff has been. And Matthias grabs his bag and starts going through something. And he produces uh, four bottles, and he hands one to each of you. He says, it's not much, but it's better than nothing. Drink them quick. Glug, glug. Yeah, Firth doesn't hesitate. You don't have to ask me twice. I'll drink it. All right, everybody gains... Twice their toughness bonus in wounds back immediately as you consume a healing potion of some sort. Nice. Toughness bonus. Uh, after drinking it and I feel myself a little bit better, I look at Matthias and just give him like a, a nod. I was like, thank you. Yes, thank you. He says, uh, part of the emergency stash. I have a feeling this night isn't over. And at that, um, he leads you guys back out to uh, over where the dormitories are over here. And um, you guys look out the the window and you can see uh, a couple shapes of beastmen running through the manor grounds. And it sounds like most of the fighting and the commotion is coming from the gatehouse. Um, but then you guys hear, um, a series of, of crashes and you hear more noise coming from 
this part of the manor. So you can hear stuff from here. You can hear stuff from here. And you also hear commotion from this opening in the wall. All right. So that you guys can hear commotion from this uh, opening in the wall over here. It's by the garden half. Yep. And then you hear uh, something going on in this hallway. And then you can hear uh, fighting and stuff coming from the, the gatehouse and the guard the guard room, the barracks. Uh, I, I think we should try and gather anyone that's left here in Lord Ashencrest and obviously just take assess of what's happening in the building first. But yeah, I was thinking the hallway first, too. These dormitories, they have windows, I'm assuming? Yes. That's uh, where you guys I'm, are right now. I'm going to take a position in this dormitory here by the window and get ready to start blasting magic out there. Yeah, I mean, you see um, a group of uh, of beastmen. Um, one of them is uh, a gore, one of the larger ones that you fought, and then there are uh, there are six ungores with him, and they are currently making their way uh, through the barricade where the, the hole in the wall is at. Uh, how far away is the barricade from the building? Um, not terribly far. You could probably get there within a turn or two of running. Well, I'm thinking shooting from the window. I I have a 48 yard range. I'm hoping. Oh yeah, you're totally totally in range. Yeah. Okay. It's almost half a football field. So uh, I'm gonna go to this window and start taking shots at these guys. Okay. Um. So I'm just basically gonna shoot the closest one, whoever that may be. Okay. Well, you've got either um either you can either shoot the gore, which is the big one, or you can shoot one of the little ones, the ungores. Start working the big one. Okay. Now at this point, Mat- Matthias, you know, as you guys are are viewing this and and shouting, he um he basically you know says we can either stand and fight or we can try to to retreat, and he he looks back down the hall towards Ashenberg's room. Uh, where Ashenberg and, and, you know, Vern and some of the people in the hospice are further down the hall. And you can tell that Matthias does not seem keen to leave anybody behind, uh, especially, you know, his friend Vern that obviously he, he knows from the past. Um, but it, it seems like he kind of puts that out there to kind of gauge what you guys think or say. What, what did he say exactly? Sorry. He says we can either hold our ground and try to fight these things off or we can retreat. Well, there's only one way up to the second floor. If we can get everyone up to the second floor, we can barricade and hold them off the stairwell. Yeah, I think we should definitely try and find the most people that we can, find Lord Ashencrest, maybe check on the infirmary if we can, and get you know, Sister and anyone else out of there and well, do our best. At, basically, at this point, as far as you guys know, everyone in the manor is basically in two places. There's everybody up here that's passed out, um, which includes Lord Ashenberg, who's in his room, Vern, who's in his room, uh, the two very injured guards, Sister Sonia and the dwarf Corden in the hospice, and then the one serving girl, Gertie, that had been drugged. She's in one of the dormitory rooms where you guys are currently at. And then, as far as you know, everyone else was Gand and the other guards. And the last you guys saw, and assuming from the sounds of it, they still are somewhere around or near the gatehouse or the barracks. The only people that are unaccounted for 
are um, the two that you saw near the stables earlier in the day. Uh, you don't know their names, but it's it's these two characters right here. Um, you saw them. One of them was working in the stable. The other one was hanging out with Krug, uh, playing some uh, some cards earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. But you don't have any idea where they are at. I oh, think we God. should definitely go try and find Vern then, because he might have a better idea of what's happening. Well, Vern's passed out too. Remember, he one of the first people to get poisoned by at dinner. Um, probably find Gand. Yeah, he's our best choice, I think. As well, uh, based on the sounds of it, you're assuming he's probably still. I mean, you guys could probably hear his hounds at this point too. So yeah, definitely out by the gatehouse where you live. Out by the gatehouse, then, right? All right. I mean, if everyone wants to go out to the gatehouse, then uh, I will follow. Matthias says, "All right." I do think we should stick together. Matthias nods. And uh, you guys uh, go rushing down the stairs. Mort, you can take a shot if you'd like before you guys take off. Pachoo, pachoo. And Matthias will as well. Oh, yeah. Um... (laughs) Matthias rolled a one. That's going to be ten damage to the right arm. And you're shooting the big guy? Yeah. All right. Well, you you strike you strike him and it slows him down as he kind of looks up and lets out a you know kind of a, a guttural howl at you and before he finishes you hear Matthias's pistol crack and he strikes this thing in the head and uh, it goes down and you see the the six ungors that are following it um, they stop and. Five of the six of them take off back over the barricade. Hey, all right. Uh, The last one notches an arrow and shoots up at you guys, but it only it hits the side of the uh, the building and just you know sticks in the wall, nowhere near you guys, but in your direction. And then you see him go scurrying off into the darkness. And at that, you guys take off down the stairs. Uh, through the great hall, and then through the hallway, and you come out these doors into the manor grounds, and you see the um, the Ungor has leapt the fence and is basically going into the kennels to try to take cover. The one with the bow, and then over here, you can see another group of them. Uh, this one is another gore with six Ungors. And they are basically trying to break into the uh, uh, the barracks. And you see that uh, Gand and his hounds, it looks like they've kind of rushed out to meet them. And you can see the captain of the guards and two of the other guards uh, are out there as well. Uh, two of them are up in the tower with their crossbows. And then the captain is down below with Gand. The last one you don't see, you're assuming he's probably still drugged from earlier. Looks like they're trying to prevent the Beastmen from getting in there to get to him. And we will do another round of initiative here. Firth, what is your agility? Um, Actual agility score. 
Uh, that's in skills. In their main. In main, sorry. Earth is 24. Oh no, Earth you... is 34? 34. Okay, you will go first. You have a higher uh, agility. How, how did you see that, by the way, Will? I just clicked over what your dice roll math was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Beastmen are at. Beastmen are at a nine. I'm sorry, an eight. And Gand and the captain are. And the guards are even lower down the list. So they are last. Firth, you are first to act. Um. All right, I'm closing on. Uh, I guess I guess I'm gonna kind of shoulder to shoulder with Gand. Okay. And uh, and if I can, if I still got any oomph left, I'm gonna take a swing at something. Okay. So in in this particular instance, then you can do what's called a charge, okay. which uh, allows you if you can uh, at least move your movement distance, which you definitely can because they're far enough across. You count as charging, which gives you advantage when you make your attack. Nice. Um, everybody can do that if they wish to enter combat this round because you guys are all going before the beastmen. That's and Mati- once again, Matthias is like right on your heels. Uh, you know, shouting a, a shout to Sigmar as you guys charge in. Um, all right, so it's uh, one advantage? Yes. Weapon skill. Oh, fails. Well, hold on. The Beastmen test. Well, uh, by how much? Because the Beastmen didn't go shot. Okay. Uh, he failed by... Which, are you attacking the big one or one of the small ones? Uh, whatever's kind of, I'm going to, I'm like helping Gant. So whoever is, he's squared off against. Oh, Gant is definitely gone after the big one. Yeah. So that's where I was. You can see, he does not seem to, uh, to have any fear, uh, and is, you know, actively shouting insults at the gore. Mm -hmm. Um, okay then. Well, the gore failed by five. Uh, I failed by three. Okay. So you, you beat him in the test, uh, and you beat him by a difference of two, so you add two to your total damage. Nice. Uh, so, so nine damage? I, seems... Okay. To where? What location? Uh, the body. Body. Okay. All right. You get a, a, you know, not a great hit on him, but he is distracted enough where you are able to connect. Uh... Matthias, having at this point loaded his other pistol, takes a shot at one of the Ungors uh, with their bow that aren't in combat yet. And he's going to spend a fortune point. Okay. He lets off a shot, and he hits one of the archers, and the archer looks very wounded as it strikes him in the body. Call. Um, I'm charge the big guy. All right, go for it. He's getting it. Get yours. Get yours, big guy. Get some. Yeah, bring it on the hammer. Uh, five degrees of success. I should have just rolled the attack. Fuck. Uh, okay, he failed by three. All right, it's gonna be uh. 13 damage to... Oh. I'll just roll another one to get a location. It's 
to be 13 damage to his right arm. All right. So between the three of you, uh, you come charging in and you hear the bone in this beast man's arm snap before your blow continues into his torso. And he just crumples to the ground uh, in a heap of disgusting, smelly, bloody fur. And Gand lets out a uh, a cry of triumph to Sigmar and seems very glad to see you guys. Yeah, I'll let out a... Uh... A shout, uh... Kazakin! Kazakin! Like, for Blackfire! Um, next up, Mort. So, big oh, guys, also, uh, uh, okay. So, um, Brian, remember, you got advantage because you hit? Yeah. And, Kyle, you got two advantage for hitting a kill. Nice. Do Mort. any of the small ones start to route or run? Uh... Let's see... Well, it's not their turn yet, so we'll wait. Okay, well, then um, I will... Blast the closest one to me with uh, another spell. Do you want to hit the one that Matthias hit or a different one? The, the, but the big guy is down, right? Big guy is down. All right, yeah, I'll sure, focus damage. All right, yeah, because the, the, there's two archers. The others all have spears, and they're engaged in combat right now. We get a spell failure. Get to roll the chart. Uh-oh. Roll the 100 on my spell cast. Good job, Elf. And you, don't, right. you, don't have, uh, you don't have any fortune, right? You already used it? Nope. <laughs> Alright, let's see. Magic rules. Casting test. Writer miscast table. Alright. Page you on? Uh, I'm on page 234. 234. Okay. Go for it. 67. Unholy visions. Fleeting visions of profane and unholy acts harass you. Receive a blinded condition. Pass a cool test or gain another. Okay. I gain two blind conditions. All right. Blinded, perhaps because of a flash of light or because of a liquid sprayed in your face, you're unable to see properly or visions from the dark gods, you know, whatever. Yeah, Uh, yeah. You suffer a minus 10 penalty to all tests involving sight, and any opponent attacking you in close combat gains a bonus of plus 10 to hit you. One blinded condition is removed at the end of every round. So right now you're at minus 20, and everyone that attacks you is at plus 20. Okay. Um, Now, however, you can spend uh, resolve to remove a condition if you'd like. Yeah, why not? I don't know how much resolve you have. I only have one, but I'll use it. Okay. I'm at blinded one, and then the round ends. I'll have my vision back. Okay. Uh, La Volpe. You see, Mort goes to cast a spell, and all of a sudden is clutching his eyes, flailing about. Uh, I cannot help him with this one, unfortunately. <laughs> it's all clouded. <laughs> oh, dear. The gods, they speak to me. <laughs> uh, I will try and take on uh, one of the shooty ungors. Okay, there's the injured one that uh, Matthias hit, or there's one that has been unscathed. Uh, Looks like he's trading that. shots with one of the guards up on the tower. Uh, I'm going to uh, take care of the... Uh, hell, let's help the guards in the tower, so I will go for the one that's uh, shooting at the guards in the tower. Okay. Um, hoping that Matthias will kill the other one this turn. Uh, so I'll, I'll charge into 
to get that sweet little bonus. Um, okay. Uh, and I... This looks like I still fail by two degrees. Okay, well, let's see. He fails by three. Very good. So you win um, one. Hell the fuck yeah. So... Only, um, two, four... So six damage to him? Okay. It's not a great hit, but it is a hit nonetheless. Uh, he yelps, and, uh, looks like he prepares to draw a weapon other than his bow. And that leads us to the Beastmen. Okay, so let's see what happens here. These Beastmen are little cowards. Okay. Um, four of the six Beastmen, seeing the gore go down attempt to retreat. One of them in particular, um, the uh, the one that you hit, La Volpe, uh, he rolls 100 on his cool test and outright, oh my God. outright shrieks, and he throws his bow to the ground and turns to run. Uh, so you will get an attack of opportunity on him if you'd like. Hell yeah, I will. All right. Oh, I, uh, I passed this time by two. Okay. Uh, so he, he doesn't he doesn't defend because he's just retreating. So all right, that's eight damage. damage. Okay, um, you strike him in the uh, in the back, and he's just about dead. He kind of limps away. He does run. He doesn't get you don't kill him, but he attempts to uh, to flee at this point. Um, the one that Matthias shot is one of the ones that stayed, and one of the ones in combat. It looks like he is uh, too concerned with what's going on in the fight. He's currently fighting the captain. Um, the other three that are fighting the hounds, uh, apparently not expecting the hounds to put up such a fight, also all turn tail and run. And you see Gand, uh, you know, shouts to his hounds, get him! And the hounds begin, uh, you know, just bolt across the yard and are nipping at their heels. Uh, you see one of them ta- basically tackles an, an ungore to the ground and just, like, starts crushing his his head in his jaws. Uh, Ungor's panicking and thrashing around. Another one, uh, one of the hounds, grabs by uh, basically the hamstring, and you see he pulls the the, uh, the Ungor to the ground, and you see he rips a huge chunk of flesh from his leg, and the uh, the Ungor lets out, you know, a panicked shriek. And the other one is basically just being chased off. The the dog didn't score a hit, but um, you know he does uh, uh, he does you know give chase. Uh, the captain then fighting gets a great hit in on the other Ungor that he's fighting, and you see he knocks the spear out of the Ungor's hands, and despite uh, suffering from the effects of the poison uh, scores a critical hit, and you see he drives his uh, his halberd right into, the, or I'm sorry, his uh, greatsword uh, right through the Ungor's midsection, and it just slides off of his sword. The two in the tower let off shots with their crossbows, but uh, either because of the distance or the dark or the drugs, uh, they do not hit. It looks like they're shooting the, the two ranged ones that are running, but they don't score any hits. And uh, at this point, if you guys want to continue, you can, but they are retreating, and uh, it's up to you if you want to finish them off. 
So first, we'll be back up to you. Yeah, I, first, happy that it's a job well done. Um, is there? Are we still getting commotion down in that corridor? Uh, you can hear more um, smashing and, and sounds from somewhere inside the manor. All right, yeah, Firth is going. He's like, kind of turns, but doesn't really wait. And he's like, there's more work to do and uh, heads off towards the, the one in the south corridor there. All right. Matthias actually is going to shout an order with his Uh-oh. leadership, uh, seeing you run off. He shouts, Sons of Sigmar! To me, there's more to kill. And uh, he turns as well. And um, you see Gand uh, whistles to the hounds uh, who break off, you know, chasing or murdering whatever ungores they are. And he kind of falls in line as well. And uh, Blucher and the guards. um, Looks like uh, Captain Blucher uh, joins you guys as well. But the two up in the tower stay up there. And it looks like they're going to go cover the, the barracks to make sure nobody comes back. And you see they take a couple more pot shots at the retreating Ungors. And one of them actually scores a hit and kills one of the ones that's fleeing. Um, Kyle, what do you do? Um, so there are no um, larger gores or horns sounding out here? No, there are two Ungors remaining that are retreating at this point. Both are heavily injured. I'll let them die to their wounds. I'll head towards the south hall. Okay, Mort. So they are, they still know they're packed to the south, correct? There's one more somewhere in the manor that you guys heard break in. Just one. One more group, yes. One more group, yeah. Definitely go for that. Okay, Lavolpe. Yeah, following Kessler to where he wants to lead us. So, Matthias cops. <laughs> uh, Matthias uh, seems to have pretty much gathered everyone except the other two guards and uh, as he's walking is reloading one of his, his pistols and leads you guys back into the manor and you guys can hear a lot of noise coming from, from this area of the manor and he leads you guys through the great hall and you guys basically come through the door that leads into the gallery and you can see that it looks like one last group of beastmen have made their way uh, into the manor, and you all instantly can realize that these are the beastmen in charge. Um, there are no ungors in this group. In this group, you see four gores, um, much like the others, but then you see a fifth beastman who is larger than the others, and it by no stretch of the imagination, this is obviously the one leading this band, and here is his picture. Oh, looks like we got a couple of badasses. Unlike the other Beastmen, uh, this one, it, aside from probably being about a foot bigger and, and obviously much heavier and larger, he also carries a massive two-handed axe, and you can see that he has for lack of a better term, uh, chainmail armor on his body, which the rest of the beast men barely have anything, like even as far as clothes, let alone like a piece of armor. Uh, so you definitely get the feeling that this is the one in charge. And when it sees you guys, it lets out a uh, a roar of a challenge. 
and we will do one final round of initiative here. It'd be a great time to black powder weapon call <laughs> out loud. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, does anyone know how to use this thing? You would have had a chance if you wanted to hand it to Kessler. Hell Obviously, yeah. he seems to know how to use some black powder weapons. Yeah, absolutely. I'll present it to him and uh Did you load it? See if he can load it and use it. I hope he doesn't know how to load it, but uh by the time you guys get there, he has it reloaded. Did you mean to click on uh Hannah's token or Kessler's token? I meant to click on I have Matthias' token selected. I don't know why Hannah got initiative. I guess she wants to help defend the manor. Yeah, that's good. We like that kind of spirit. <laughs> Thanks for playing, Hannah. Okay, Matthias, nice strong eight. My usual initiative rolls continue. All right, Kyle, uh, Firth, and Mort. Um, what is your agility? My agility is forty. Thirty-four. All right, Mort, you go first. Then Lavope, what's your agility? Thirty-six. Beastmen are... I'm sorry, 43 with my modifiers. Okay. You definitely go before the Beastmen then. Alright. So, we'll assume there's enough room in the hall for everyone to fight, but it will be pretty tight quarters. Um, So, basically the battle lines have been drawn. You guys are standing, you know, here, right outside the door. Uh, Perhaps even uh, the battle might spill out into the courtyard. And the Beastmen are at the other end of the hall down here. And, you know, banging their weapons and basically start charging forward to meet you guys. Kyle, you are first. Um, so they're running towards us right now? Oh, yeah. They, they're they looking to get stuck in. Are they within nine yards? Um, oh, yeah. I'll try and buy uh, Matthias a turn to unload the blunderbuss, so I'm going to cast my net. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to shout, oh. uh, you know. Uh, you sh- I'll slow <laughs> him sh- down. All right. And, are you, uh, are you aiming for anyone in particular or just throwing into the crowd? Um, let's just throw it into the crowd. All right, plus 20. Try and slow as many of them down as I can, and I'll shout to Matthias to... Get that black fire burning. Make your roll. Failed by one. Failed by one. Unfortunately, that is not going to do it. The net goes sailing over their heads, and it lands on one of the uh, statues in the hallway. Uh, We quit trying to make the net work. Mort! Uh, What have you been doing, bud? (laughs) Uh, I stabbed an Ungor in the back. (laughs) <laughs> well, the whole go for the big one first it's working out pretty well so far, so I will uh, shoot a magical bolt at the big one. Okay. Uh, critical success. So that's going to oh. be seven points of damage. And this, uh, as far as, I mean, I know most spells still do criticals. I'm assuming this one does as well. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's able to benefit from criticals. 
Okay, then. Um, Samsar, how much damage was it? Seven. Okay, just a second. Seven damage. Uh, to the right arm. Okay. And the right arm, go ahead and get, roll me a critical, please. Is this a D100? Yes. Nine. That's it? Is, is low good or bad for Low these? is bad. Oh. All right. Uh, jarred arm. Your arm is jarred in the attack. Drop whatever is held in that hand. Oh, that's good. He's holding, he's holding a two-handed weapon, though, so... But is he is he right-handed or left-handed? Uh, let's find out. Pick it, Matt. High or low? Uh, I rolled low, so let's go with low. Good choice. Hey. Apparently he is right-handed, and uh, he does drop the Great Axe for a turn. Alright. Uh, however, it. your shot doesn't really seem to do anything other than anger him and fizzle him, fizzle his armor a little bit. Uh, but it looks like he pretty much tanks that like a champ. Okay. Firth? Uh, yeah, might as well go for the big guy. Um, well, let me think. Am I going to screw up somebody's shot? Because I, I know the blunderbuss is coming. Yes. If I make this attack, am I going to be in the road here? Yes. All right, then I'll then I'll go for one of the smaller ones then. Um, well, keep in mind it is a blast weapon. Now, Matthias is going to spend a fortune point to do the uh, um, choose when to act in in the initiative. Um, so he's going to act after Lavolpe does. So he's going to give everyone a chance to go, and then he's going to fire his shot. Okay, I'm I'm going for the big guy then. You you can put yourself in the blast radius. Oh, I thought. I th- sorry, I thought that was just suggesting that I would have a chance to. Yeah, but oh, you no, can okay. act. But if you right act, go in front of the horde. I, I right now, Matthias goes after the beastmen, so he's going to act to get a shot off. Oh, they get all right. well, yeah. So I'm going to stick to the original plan then and not get in the way. Uh, so is there, is there anyone I can hit without getting? Um, not in the tight quarters of the hallway, no. However, you can do a, I believe it's a defensive action, where I believe you get like a plus, here we go. So you can go on the defensive, which means you get plus 20 to your roll if anybody attacks. So you get plus 20 to your melee roll yeah. if someone attacks you. I'll kind of, yeah, I'll kind of brace, brace for impact type of thing. Okay, La Volpe. Uh, I will do the same, and I'll try and kind of circle uh, um, around to the side, uh, but staying out of range. I don't know exactly what the hall is, but I, I just trying to stay on the outskirts because I'm not going to face this guy one on one. I think we kind of agreed we're going to attack the big gore um, to you know seeing that the others might crumble if we kill him. But uh, I want to leave myself in a, a little dancing room. That's all. Okay. Now, one thing that this game allows you to do is uh, the game is very generous in letting you uh, use your skills in interesting ways, uh, in kind of like a role-playing type aspect to affect combat. And basically how that usually translates is if you can come up with a good reason or description for how you're using a particular skill, you can use a skill other than melee or ranged to give yourself advantage in a fight. 
Hmm. Um, so that could be like issuing commands to allies or even trying to use intimidate or, you know, even maybe like using stealth, to try to sneak around and get a good position on somebody. So if you'd rather do something like that, to try to get advantage for your next turn rather than go on the defensive, you could do that as well. Um, <clears throat> I would like to, but I'm worried I'm just going to get caught in the, the blast if I try and move around to... Close no, to you, you you won't. You won't. Okay. I mean, the, the hall's going to be small enough where it's just going to be one big, big mosh pit, so... Got it. Well, then can I use stealth to kind of work my way around to the side, so maybe, you know, after he gets... You know, the idea is I can maybe try and hit him in the back after he gets entangled in combat. Sure. Go ahead and All right. stealth roll. Here I go. Uh, I... Ooh, I do not make it, though. Okay. I uh, I fail my roll. All right, no no bonuses then. That's okay. Okie dokie. All right, well, uh, the moment that everyone's waiting for, Matthias lets off a shot with the blunderbuss, and let's see how brutal this thing can be. Well, he scores a hit. So it's not an amazing hit, but it is a solid hit, and uh, it does strike... Um, pretty much all of them as this shrapnel rips down the hall. Again, the one in the front, the Beastagore, with the armor, it does draw some blood. It actually does some damage, but a lot of it, it looks like this guy shrugs off or his armor takes, you know, a good chunk of a hit. But he does uh, he does take a couple wounds. The gores suffer more uh, damage. Um, nothing critical or anything like that. But it does soften them up a bit as the shrapnel rips into their ranks. Um, and then at that point, the beastmen charge in and attack. And it looks like they pretty much all break off and one comes for each of you guys. Uh, and the, the big one goes after Matthias after having the gun pointed in his face. So we will start there. Sounds about right. So this gore, oh wait, he actually picked up his axe, so he's he's not actually going to be attacking. He uh, he picks up the axe and then you know charges into combat, uh, lowers his head with his horns and tries to gore Matthias, uh, but Matthias easily sidesteps him uh, and draws his sword. The other gores, Kyle, against you, if you'd please roll. We have a failure by. Fail by three. Fail by two. Okay, you're good. Mort. This guy passed by one. So I'm doing what kind of a test here? Weapon skill. Opposed. Can I choose to dodge instead? Yes. Oh, do I have that better? Can you do just a basic melee then? Is that what that is? Well, you, you can. You would make any sort of weapon skill test, assuming you're trained in something. Otherwise, it would just be melee basic. But gotcha. if you're trained with a different weapon, you can. It's like you're making an attack. It's just you're gotcha. doing it to defend yourself. But Fail you can also three. use dodge. I'm sorry. Fail by three. Fail by three. Okay, this guy does eight damage to your left arm. Mm. Okay. I'm sorry, right arm. 
Hey, not that one. Uh, Firth. Yeah. So you've got your plus 20 bonus here. Oh, God, oh, this guy failed by oh, a lot. Okay. He failed by six, five. Well, I also failed by three. All right, you still beat him, though. And remember, when you win in a post-test, you do gain an advantage. So even though you guys are failing your tests, you're winning the opposed test. So Colin Firth, you guys, and Matthias each have an advantage. Killing it. Uh, LaVolpe? <laughs> yes, I will... Guy, oh, he fails by zero. Mm, okay. Um, I will... My dodge is a little bit higher, so I'm going to try dodging. Okay. All right. I pass by... Ooh, I pass by two. Okay. Uh, now keep in mind, when you are rolling on the defensive, you can still score critical hits. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you roll those doubles, and you know, keep in mind whatever weapon qualities your weapons have as well. Uh, okay, so you, you, gain, you gain an advantage, because uh, you beat him. And then Gand, Captain Blucher, and the Hounds uh, all jump into the fray, and there's a total of five of them, so everybody runs up to help um, at this point. Okay, may I request Betty? Sure. Yeah. Betty charges in. Uh, she does not hit, but uh, she is assisting you against this gore and distracting <laughs> him. You, request, uh, you made a request for... Uh... Dog number two comes to help you, La Volpe, and uh, is is struggling. And dog number three comes to help uh, Firth. Nice doggy. Uh, not much help, though. Hi, doggy. Uh, Mort, Gan, seeing you get hit, shouts out a prayer to Sigmar, charges in with his halberd. And attempts to assist you. And Thank you, Gand. He does, with a big hit, striking the gore in the right arm. Uh, he does not kill it, but he definitely distracts it, and its attention is now on him uh, as he charges forward and says, Get behind me! Um, and then Captain Blucher attempts to uh, move in to help Matthias, uh, and despite being horribly drugged, actually scores a hit. Is it enough, though? It is. All right. It's not a great hit, uh, but he does catch the gore uh, in the left leg, or the, the beast of gore in the left leg, and cuts him a little bit with the greatsword, and that'll lead us back to Kal at the top of the order. Uh, so I have advantage still? Yes. This guy's gonna get fucked. Uh, you failed by one. I passed by four. So he's gonna <laughs> 12 damage to the body as I bring the hammer Damn. down. I don't even I don't even like look at the dog. I just know. I just feel the familiar stone. I'm like that's my Bitsy and I just swing the fucking hammer on his on his just to crack this guy's chest. All right. Drive, drive him down to the ground where Betsy can get at his throat. That's, that's my Betsy. So you get a 
impressive hit on the beast man and uh he roars in rage but he looks pretty hurt mort um so it wouldn't happen to be any sort of like chandelier or something in this room is there or, you know like light source or like a statue or something like that there is there not is a chandelier statue. but there is um there is a statue or two uh, there are, you know, portraits and things. Remember, this is like the art gallery, so there's quite a few objects in the actual hallway. I have already netted one of the statues for you. Yeah, so it, it is <laughs> that statue's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't think of magical... Uh, let's see, how strong is this bell? Give me one moment here. Keep in mind, while you're taking in the interior decoration, a beastman is slamming his axe into your face. You know, you, you gotta take the good the bad here, right? <laughs> Chris, describe for me, what kind of marble are these statues made of? <laughs> yeah. uh, decent quality marble. Yeah. Would you describe them as oh. Baroque or more of a... Are these uh... more Baroque or Gothic? Yeah. Or, or na- ornate, really. It's ornate. <laughs> no, I'm gonna shoot a magical bolt the big guy. Yeah, the uh, I suppose not gonna be quite powerful enough here. Can you cast when you're in combat? Because you are still engaged right now. Okay. Well, then I guess I'll uh, try to give him a good old bonk with my Yogan did get in there to help you, but unless you are able to escape this guy, you know, you're still considered engaged in combat. All right, then I'll attack the guy I've engaged with my staff. Okay, now you could also do the defensive thing if you'd like. Nah. No? Just crack him in the face? Yeah, crack him in the face. And uh, fail by four. Um, he fails by three. Okay. So he still wins and has the advantage. Taking a disengage, is that a movement action or like an attack action? Or You have to have advantage and you have to give up all your advantage to disengage. Oh, yeah, I don't have any advantage. Otherwise, okay. if you leave, your opponent gets an advantage and they get a free attack at plus 20. Yeah, I'm not doing that. And if they hit you, there's a chance you could become broken and like flee from combat. Definitely not doing that. <laughs> um, okay. I'm done. Surf. Yep, I'm ready to attack. Uh, but plus 20, right? Two advantage? Two advantage, you got it. Oh, yeah, well, actually, you're at... Yeah, you're at two. Uh, success, four levels, so I do... Fail by one. So that's one extra level, right? Yep. Five, nine, twelve damage to the body. Damn. A great hit on the gore uh, as you hook him basically right through the chest, uh, and he looks very, very hurt. Volpe? Uh, I'll attack the gore. Um, See how we do here. These guys are not doing great. Failed by one. Okay, great. Works for me. Uh, I uh, passed by one. Okay. so that's seven damage from me. Okay, is that including the plus one from him having a you know, from one? Yes, Remember, you take the difference. Okay, all right. Uh, you get a, a little hit on him, draw some more blood, and beastmen are next. And sorry, hey Chris, sorry. It was uh, when it's on tens, you use your ability, correct? So what do you mean. The, or sorry, your weapon quality when you roll when you roll on a tens, yes? 
if it has a pierce. I'm not. I'm not sure. What I have impale for the quality. Oh, impale. Oh, impale. Mm-hmm. Um, impale weapons can kill with a single clean bowl and blow. Impale weapons cause a critical hit on any number divisible by ten, as well as doubles. Yes. So did you did you have a, a critical hit then? Yes. Ah, nice. And where'd you hit him? Uh, in the right arm. Dude, you guys are all about critting the arm. Well, that's the that's the range that most of our things are in. All right. Well, go ahead and roll me a d100. Um, what, what was your roll to hit, Tyler? Thirty. That hits the head. You invert the number for hit location. Oh. Yeah. So if you roll a thirty, then you flip it, so it's a three. It's a three. Yeah. You just stab that dude in the head with a dagger and crit. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh, even better. Okay, there we go. All right, dude. Now, not not to not to put any pressure, but if you roll a hundred, you'll chop his fucking head off. Oh, here I go. Um, twenty. Twenty. Oh, so close. My, minor cut. The strike opens your oh. cheek, and blood flies everywhere. Gain one bleeding condition. So the difference between okay. Oh, I'm sorry, 20's on the lower scale. Got it. You want to roll high for that. Yeah. Got it, got it. Bleeding bleeding is always a good condition to put on somebody, so... You were halfway there. One of your dice was a 10. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did I not put bleeding on my list here? Really? But yeah, you always uh, have a location when you're, when you're rolling to hit, which is why when you said you crit, I was like, wait, that should be a head automatically if you get a 10's with an impale shot. Yeah. Thank you for that, Will. Okay, well, um, yeah, he's bleeding, and it does an extra wound. Oh, good, so eight. Different different critical hits also do extra wounds. So, actually, Matt, your critical hit to the Beast Gore actually did one wound. Sick. Yep. Okay, the, um, Beastmen are up. That was just you right now, LaVolpe, right? That was just me. Okay, Kyle. He fails by one. And I still get all of my advantage, right? Uh, if you haven't been hit, yep. Or if you haven't lost a test against him. Alright. I pass by nothing. Okay. Uh, Mort, the one attacking you, goes for Gand. And... Gand easily parries his blow to the side. Firth... This guy passes by two. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, what was the question? Uh, you're being attacked. The Beastman passed by two. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm rolling basic melee, but not an attack. This is the part I don't understand. I roll a basic melee, but not an attack. You're considerate like you're making a normal attack, except okay. you don't do damage. Yeah, you're rolling your boat hook with advantages normal. And, uh, and I have three advantage now? I believe so. All right. But if you crit, you can critical hit on the defensive. You just you don't do oh. regular damage, but you can still get a critical hit. I accidentally just rolled that twice, and I succeeded. With, with the modifiers, I succeed by two. Well, just just take the first one then. Yeah. Well, the second one, I I didn't have the modifier in some for some reason. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. 
okay, well, you, that's fine, because he failed. Or uh, How many did you pass by? Two? Two, yeah. Oh, he passed by two as well. I believe in a tie, the attacker wins in an opposed test. That makes sense. Don't. Uh, check here. Yes. Okay. However, he doesn't have any success levels, so it's going to be just uh, seven damage oh. to your body. Body. Well, I do have armor. What does that do? Ar- whatever your armor value is, you reduce that amount from the damage, plus reduce your toughness bonus as well. My leather jerkin is gives you one, right? One, and then my toughness gives me two, two minus three. Yeah. Whew, all right. I still got two left. All right. Whew. Bloody and hurt. Uh, I thought I was going down there. All right. Uh, La Volpe, he fails by one. All right. Oh, shit. Sorry, I lost my dice for a moment. Uh, oh, shit. I pass by four. All right. So, Brian, you did uh, lose your advantage because you lost a test. Okay. And, Tyler, you gained another advantage because you won. All right, so I'm up to and two, I think. the Beast of Gore takes a swing at Captain Blucher and scores a hit. And Captain Blucher almost parries it, but not quite. Uh, he takes a pretty big hit. Uh, he is still standing, but he basically falls back uh, out of the fight to leave Matthias to fight this thing. You see a big tear through his uh, tunic and armor on his chest. And Matthias takes the chance to try to strike this thing when it's focused on the captain. And rolls pretty darn well. Alright, Matthias gets a good hit in. Again, this thing is pretty tough and has some armor, uh, but he gets the best hit on this thing so far, and it uh, turns to face him. Gand and the Hounds. Uh, Lavolpe, your hound. Your hound drags the beastmen you're fighting to the ground. Uh, it, the beastman is still alive, but he manages to kind of pull him off balance. Um, so he's done some damage there. Firth, the hound that is helping you, similarly does a little bit of damage. And Kal. Good boy. Etsy is unable to uh, do much. The the gore basically gives her a, a swift kick to keep her at bay, and she's unable to do anything. And Mort... Oh, he, did, did he just kick my fucking dog? He did, yeah. It's on. It is on. Mort Gand swings his halberd, and it is a bloody arc as it cleaves through the beast man. Uh, spraying blood and entrails everywhere, and he lets out a shout to Sigmar and eagerly looks for the next beast man to attack. Uh, and you can see, like, it's it's almost frightening how much this guy seems to be enjoying killing these things, and the fact that he is, you know, shirtless and tattooed <laughs> and bald and now covered in blood uh, and just, like, screaming like a maniac. Um, you're glad he's on your side. Yeah. <laughs> 
I haven't spent much time in the Empire, but everywhere I've met so far is fucking nuts. <laughs> uh, Blue, Blucher tries to stand, but he looks pretty injured and is kind of like backing up like on his shoulder or on his elbow while he's like kind of holding his wound. And we are back to Kyle. Yeah, I mean, this guy's losing his fucking head. He just kicked my dog. So, uh, yeah. He passes by four. All right. Well, uh, I still hope he loses his head. Just pass by five. I pass by six. Oh, location to the head. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, it's, uh, Plus one from him, my six, plus eight, that's 15 damage to the head, 14 damage to the head. All right. In a rage, you bring Corden's hammer down on the beast man, and there's just a sickening squish as his skull caves in and brain matter goes everywhere. I will uh, look down at the uh, Betsy Essen. Betsy lets out a bark of triumph. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jump with you. About something like Kazalit. Kazalit. With that, I will give Betsy slap to like follow me, and I'll move over to flank the big one with Matthias. Okay. Mort, you're no longer engaged. All right, um, I'm going to take a shot then one of the smaller ones. Uh, how many are left? Uh, one fighting La Volpe and one fighting Firth. Uh, I'll go for the one that La Volpe's fighting. Okay. Thanks, Elf. Hey, La Volpe's even bros so far. <laughs> are you shooting him? Yeah, I'm shooting a magical bolt. 
Did we determine magic? Does it does it get the negative for shooting into combat? We decided no because okay, it was magical. That's, that's what I that's what I thought. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so it'll hit for five damage to his left arm. Okay, Lavolpe, as you're fighting this thing, uh, you know Betsy or the other dog has uh, has grabbed him by the ankle, and then you see a blast of energy hit him in the in the arm and the shoulder. And uh, this this thing looks very confused as to where it's being hit from, and uh, a little bit of a panic because it just doesn't know. Like, I got a dog holding on me. I got this Italian guy hitting me, and now I'm getting zapped by the elf. It's not a good day to be a beast man. Is it ever um, a good day to be a beast man? Um, if you're the if you're Gorthor the Beast Lord, yes. But otherwise, no, well, he's dead. So maybe not. Um, <laughs> but if you're Kazarak the One Eye, uh. Uh, that was Mort Firth. Yeah. You're up. Oh, one second. I've lost my good stuff, so I'm giving a straight roll here. Uh, this guy failed by two, though. I succeed by two. All right. Two Ooh, hit location, head. Head, hit location, uh, and that would come to 11. Okay. Much like your good buddy, Carl, you bury your hook right through this thing's eye, and it lets out one final goatish bleat and <laughs> slumps to the ground in a pool of blood. Take that. Lavolpe, you've got so many distractions working for you right now. Uh, I'm going to try and resquiet and pache this thing. And All right. Well, he fails by three. Great. <laughs> Um, I pass by, I had two advantage, so I pass by two. Um, so that does eight damage. That's it? That's it. I'm only strength bonus plus four. Um, so uh, hold on. Let, let, what's, your, your, what's your strength again? Two. Strength is two. You're using a hand weapon? Yep. Okay, so a hand weapon does does four damage plus strength bonus. So that's six. Yeah, six. And you pass by how many? Two. So that's two more. That's eight. That's eight. And then this thing failed by three, so that's three more. Okay, I wasn't calculating what they fail by as well. So no, you always you always count that as well. All right, lesson learned. Great. So then that's eleven. All right. Uh, more than enough damage to fell the final gore uh, between you, the elf's magic, and the dog. Uh, you easily overwhelm this thing and just stab it repeatedly until it stops moving. Um, which leaves the beastagore who howls in rage at seeing all of his bros die and lets out a swing at Matthias and rolls really poorly. He takes a huge swing, and uh, he scores a critical fumble, and uh, he basically takes a two-handed swing like a baseball bat to try to hit Matthias. Matthias ducks, and his axe gets buried into um, one, of the, uh, one of the walls, knocking through and cutting up one of the paintings on the wall. And you see... Uh, Matthias basically steps under his guard and pulls out uh, his other pistol that is loaded and basically just puts it under this thing's uh, chin and uh, pulls the trigger. 
and <laughs> another loud shot, and there's just an explosion of skull and brain and blood and beastman fur, and the smoking, headless, faceless corpse tumbles to the ground. And with that, the beastman attack has been thwarted. Well done, fellas. Well done. Great job on that. Uh, basically one-shotting that initial round to save us a bit of combat there. And that shot out the window. Yeah, we, we both had good rolls. Sniper not one of the leaders? Yeah, definitely. That was a good idea. Very well done. Yeah, you guys came together there for sure. So, um, with that, the Beastmen have all been slain or defeated, and you see, uh, you basically can hear that there is really no more sounds of battle throughout the, um, uh, throughout the manor, and it is eerily quiet as the, the moons shine brightly above head, and you all kind of take stock of what's happened and just the amount of carnage and damage that has been wrought to Grunwald Lodge, but um, it appears that you have successfully stopped this cult and whatever foul ritual they were attempting to carry out. Everyone is a little beat up and worse for wear, breathing heavily, uh, but uh, Gan seems in good spirits and congratulates you guys on a on a, a, a fight well done. Uh, Matthias quickly runs over to Captain Blucher uh, and tries to patch him up a bit. And uh, you know, uh, he he shouts to you first to help get him up to the uh, the hospice yeah. uh, so that Sister Sonia can help. And you guys bring him up there. Um, Gan says, uh, I'm going to go take a look around outside and make sure there's no one else lurking. And uh, he looks at you, Call, and he says, uh, care to join? I also like to point out that if I attack that Bestigor, I've been rolling against 129 weapon skill. <laughs> Effectively with all my advantage. That's how you do it, man. You guys get uh, Captain Blucher upstairs. And so between Sister Sonia and Matthias, uh, they're able to stop the and uh, keep him from bleeding out. Kal and Gand, you guys make your way through the um, through the courtyard, and you do not see any more signs of the Beastmen. Uh, it definitely seems like any gores that were still alive, which was only like two or three. Um, at least that got inside or definitely ran off, uh, you know, and the ones at the very beginning ran off too. So most of the, the ungores bailed as soon as they saw the gores go down. Uh, as you guys are taking a look around, you do, uh, you do notice that the front gate is open and one of the horses is missing. Hmm. And when you guys go inside the stables, you know, first you, you guys close the gate to make sure nothing else gets in. And then you guys go in the stables and you do find uh, the forms of um, Hans and well, Hans. He is the other coach driver. Um, and then you see the young stable boy, Franz. <laughs> 
Fox in front. And uh, you they they have both been murdered in their sleep. Mm. It looks like they were drugged as well. And oh yeah, who's the one guy we missed? Who's the uh, the one I guard? I forgot all about that guy. Koch. Yep. Yeah. So unfortunately, right. he's riding out into the night. He's not going to get far. Hans and Franz. Um, you find that they they are they are dead. They're clearly killed after being drugged. Hans looks like he had his head bashed in by some sort of bludgeoning weapon, and you see that Franz looks like he had his throat slit. That's rough. And their their blood pools in uh, the different stalls that they were uh, they were stuffed in. Just can't trust guards these days, huh? The other two guards are in the guard room with the uh, the third guard that was really really heavily drugged, and uh, they've taken a, a you know some minor wounds, but um, they are uh, they're okay. And Gertie, the servant girl, along with Lord Ashenberg and Vern, are still safe in their rooms, passed out from the uh, poisoning, uh, but otherwise unharmed. The at this point it is fairly late in the evening. Um, Matthias uh, eventually uh, leaves Blucher to the hospice, and um, you know says uh, that everyone should get some rest, and you know he doesn't think that uh, that anything else is going to be is going to be coming back tonight. Does anybody do anything else before they call it an evening? Hmm. Um, I'll start. Um... You all are all pretty exhausted at this point after the amount of fighting and, you know, hits you guys have all taken. I'll start uh, heaping the beastmen bodies just outside of the wall, maybe like 20 yards or so for uh, a pyre. Best to burden. I'll say, I'll say to and and uh, like at the f- the guards that are still standing, you know, it's best to burn the taint before it can uh, cling to your home. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, if you didn't suggest it, Matthias certainly would have before you guys call it a night. And uh, yeah, you definitely make sure that you guys do that before you uh, you call it an evening. And uh, basically, yeah, you um you take them outside the gatehouse uh, and more or less uh, throw them in the ditch that's kind of been built as like the moat uh, where there's no brush. So nothing else lights on fire and you have like a good burning pit where you can pile up the bodies and you guys get that done in probably about an hour between everybody that's still capable of of moving bodies. Um, And at that point, uh, everyone is thoroughly exhausted as at this point, it's probably late in the, uh, in the evening, you know, around uh, one in the morning, if not later. Uh, well, I will retire. I don't think there's anything else I'm going to do if all the chores are done. Okay. Anyone else? Is anybody doing anything? I'll say. Happy hmm. that uh, Corden's hammer has been uh, anointed. I will uh, return it to its velvet box and keep it on me. Okay. Uh, Mort, Firth, you guys do anything? No, I'm... I'm... Knocked yeah. out, and I need, to, I need to heal up ASAP. Yeah, I'm, I'm spent. Okay. So, you guys all get 
a great night's sleep, and almost all of you instantly pass out the second your heads hit the pillow between the the exhaust of the uh, the fighting and just some of the things you witnessed this evening. When you get a uh, a good night's sleep, um, everyone gets to make a plus 20 endurance test. And if you, uh, if you pass, you're, you're, you heal wounds equal to your toughness bonus, plus any extra success level. Oh, shit. I pop up brand new. Sorry, what test do we take? Endurance plus 20. And if you fail, you just get nothing back. I didn't take any hits. I'm still good. I, uh, from when I got oh, the the potion. Yeah. So I got a success plus three, so I get plus three plus my toughness bonus. Yes. It, so five total heals. I just slept off eight wounds. <laughs> I just slept off five. All right, hold on. I'm checking uh, for you, Mort. I feel great. Without medical attention, you can attempt an average plus 20 endurance test after a good sleep once a day. You heal wounds equal to the success level plus your toughness bonus. For each day, side taking it easy, you also heal an extra number of wounds equal to your toughness bonus. So even if you fail the test, every day after that, you will at least heal your toughness bonus. Um, However, uh, Matthias can attempt to patch anybody up before they go to bed. As can obviously Sister Sonia. I'll take this, the assistance. Okay. Um, let me just check his healing skill here because he does pass. Uh oh, we got a cat. Uh, <laughs> he passed by three, so you're getting at least three wounds. I know that much. It's probably on this chat. Oh, here we go. Heal wounds equal to intelligence bonus plus success level. So you will. Quiet cat. You will get. Uh, you will get six wounds back. Okay. Not bad. Does anybody else need a heal before they call it a night? Uh, well, I already, I already healed. Over, I already slept, so... Are you still missing wounds? Yeah, I got three left. Okay. Uh, Sister Sonia will patch you up. Um, however, she does not pass. It's all right. He'll suck it in. Tighten up. All right. Uh, Kyle, are you back at full? Okay. And uh, she does an equally terrible job patching up uh, Matthias. <laughs> this is a, a pretty resilient dwarf. Okay. So, the following day, everybody sleeps fairly late uh, from all the uh, the battle of the night before. And... You awake to the sounds of everyone kind of stirring. Um, It looks like Matthias is probably the first one up. Um, And as I said, you guys are all in Vern's room. He actually has quite a large room, second largest after Ashenberg's. And it looks like uh, there was some space made uh, for some extra space, you know, for for you guys because they were expecting you. Um, Matthias is the first up, and, uh, it looks like he is discussing things with Ashenberg and Vern, uh, in the Great Hall when you guys get up and basically explaining what happened. 
Um, yeah. So um, you all eventually convene in the Great Hall with Ashenberg and Vern. Um, Gertie is obviously shocked at what's happened. She goes to the hospice to uh, tend help Sister Sonia. Gand is outside, uh, kind of on a patrol, as are the the other guards. And yeah, uh, Ashenberg is, seems completely shocked at what you guys reveal. Uh, as does Vern. Um, they both seem, you know, pretty. Uh, you know, just just can't really believe everything that's happened, and you know the amount of of death and bloodshed that occurred the night before. They slept right through. Uh, yeah, I mean they are they are still everyone that was poisoned. Uh, you know, the three of them are still very very groggy from uh, from what happened, and you know it's um, they, they obviously comprehend and understand you know what he's explaining to them. Uh, and as you guys kind of fill in any details of what happened as well, but you know, are we? Is it fair to say that um, our cover is there, there? Is no cover at this point? Are we still? Are we still maintaining the pretense? That, that is a good question. So no, as you as you get down there and you're discussing, Matthias is not wearing any of his witch hunter garb, and it looks like he is reporting as if you guys are still okay. uh, undercover. And, you know, eventually you guys have some, some, you know, um, some breakfast and Ashenberg thanks you guys repeatedly for rooting out this evil and, and saving, you know, so many of his staff, you know, he realizes that, you know, as unfortunate it is that, uh, a couple people were killed, that everybody could have been killed and whatever Pearson was doing was probably a lot worse than just the sacrifice of Todd, he, um, you guys do receive your, uh, six silver shillings a piece for completing the job. And he also offers you guys for doing such a, a great job. He throws in another 20 silver shillings to be split amongst you guys. Uh, five ways or four ways? Five ways. Just didn't know if. Matthias was uh, involved in taking the cut. Oh yeah, he's definitely taking his his cut. So everybody gains ten silver shillings in total. With pleasure. Man, that put me up to a whopping ten silver shillings. <laughs> Congratulations. Eventually, uh, breakfast comes to an end, and Matthias. Uh, excuses himself and just says that he wants to have a word uh, with you guys um, as Ashenberg and Vern kind of go about deciding, you know, what to do and kind of assessing the damage of the uh, of the manor. And uh, yeah, he he has you guys. Uh, he asks you to meet him out in the in the courtyard where you all convene for kind of a quick debrief and. Uh, just kind of, it looks like he, he kind of gauges just to kind of see what each of you are thinking and feeling after what happened last night. And he kind of turns to each of you one at a time to see, you know, what you have to say or, or what you're thinking. Firth is pretty pissed that we let that one guy go. It's, well, it's weighing on him pretty heavy. 
Matthias nods and says, we'll have to try to pick up his trail when we get back. Oh, well, you know, he's one lad out in the night in beastmen infested lands. He won't make it far. Matthias does not seem to think you guys will be that lucky. He says, I think most of the beastmen were here. Do you know what the painting could be used for? If I had to guess, probably some sort of summoning ritual. So they're not just uh, procurers of the fine arts, yes? No, there's something unholy about that thing. We'll take it back to Gallo's End to make sure it's properly dealt with. Something I want to do before we leave, maybe not right now, but go back down to the little hidey hole down below and investigate that room further. Purge that library as well. Well, uh, if they have uh, blunderbusses here, they probably have a few barrels of black powder, and uh, I could uh, I could definitely uh, seal those entrances. The library's okay. We've got the books out that were uh, heretic. heretic. The rest of the books seem normal to me. Okay. The blunderbuss will make a nice addition to uh, Gettles and Armory. Uh, no oh, reason yeah, to burn knowledge. Blow up the blunderbuss. I'm not talking about the library. I'm talking about sealing the entrances. We can just blow up the the entrances below, so it's just rubble. No, I know. I'm talking about something different. I think all three of us are. I'm not going to burn books. Matthias. Uh kind of nods to everything that you guys say, and it seems for the most part, you know, he's he's in agreement. Um, he looks at you uh, kind of intently for a second, Firth, and you can see he's um, he's definitely thinking about something pretty pretty seriously. And he looks around at the others uh, for a moment, and he says, Gentlemen, if you could give me and Firth a moment us back in the Great Hall. Uh, I'll head down to the ritual room. Okay. Better cue to hop out. Uh, no. Alright, so you go down to the temple, uh, Carl and Lavolpe. You guys gonna do anything in particular, or just go back to the hall? Um, I'd go get another, uh, get another bottle or two of Thunderbolt. Uh, unfortunately, everything was smashed when they <laughs> ran into the entrance. My All bad. Right. I'll go down and look for a nice match bottle. All right. And Lavolpe? Um, I, you know, I'll go hang in the main hall, I guess, and see okay. what uh, Ash and Chris has to say. All right. Uh, he seems in, uh, despite what's happened, in uh, good spirits and does seem genuinely and sincerely thankful for everything you guys did. And he does seem uh, genuinely and sincerely surprised at to what was going on and the fact that Pearson and so many of his staff were, you know, in on this. He definitely seems concerned about it. Uh, but in courtyard, uh, everybody leaves. Um, you know, again, Matthias hasn't said a word as he waits for everyone to leave. And then he kind of looks square at you, uh, Firth. Mm-hmm. He says, so, quite a victory, I would say. Is it? I, I feel like um, well, we did some good, but letting that guy go is really bothering. 
Good. That's how you should feel. I feel the same way, but we saved a lot of lives, and I don't think, considering all that was going on, we had much of a chance to stop him once he got out of the basement. I I've, I forgot the guy even existed in the heat of the moment. It wasn't just that, uh, you know, like I, I think I got overwhelmed in the heat of the battle or something. I was lost track of things there. You can see Matthias is, uh, is, is, you've got his full attention as you say that, and he seems to, um, you get the feeling he, he seems to really respect the fact that you seem to take responsibility for that at all, um, even though it doesn't seem like he, he blames any of that blame on you. Um, uh, and you definitely get the feeling that he, uh, what you're saying is, is resonating with him, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, well, it may not be a, a perfect victory, but a victory nonetheless. We stopped whatever they were doing. We saved most of the people here. We can always catch up with that snake, put an end to him. Unfortunately, he's ahead of us, and it may take some time to track him. Mm-hmm. If he's able to warn more of this cult or reunite with others, kind of comes back to how much good have we really done but more importantly there's a bigger decision to be made and he kind of looks around the courtyard you feel like he's almost admiring Grunwald Lodge or just kind of looking it over and as he kind of walks around and, and kind of admires and kind of absorbs everything he says One of the hardest parts of this job is knowing how far the taint really goes. Hmm. He says, far too many of my brethren are quick to put everything and everyone to torch. The taint of chaos and corruption has shown itself. How do you know? Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's just a a gut feeling. Sometimes it's judging people on their character and their actions. And he kind of takes, he lets out a really heavy sigh and he says, unfortunately, that's a decision that we need to make now. About Ashenberg, you mean? Or, Or others in his staff? He nods. He says... You're picking up quickly, that's good. He says, so, as your first official task as my apprentice, and he walks over to you and he takes one of his pistols out and he hands it to you, handle first. He says, it is your decision as to whether or not Ashenberg bears responsibility for what happened here. I want you to think carefully about this. You must factor in everything that you know, and even things that you don't know. Is it even plausible that he didn't know what was going on here? Was he perhaps involved, and is this all a ruse just so that he doesn't take any blame? Or did he truly not know what was going on? And even if he didn't, Does that absolve him of what happened here? 
is the Lord after all? Or is he just an innocent man that was in a terrible situation and really had no idea what was going on? Well, he called us in, right? I mean, why did he call us in, I guess is the question. Well, Vern called us here, and I can tell you that I trust Vern. I believe that everything he's told us is true. I believe that he serves Ashenberg to the best of his ability and in his best interests. And I believe when he says that he believes Ashenberg truly is a good man. Hmm. Now, as Vern said, bringing in a witch hunter in his group probably would not have gone over too well. And so the whole reason we were undercover. Ashenberg's reactions seem genuine enough, but unfortunately that is one of the difficult parts of this, is knowing when someone's being honest and when someone's lying. Mm -hmm. Ashenberg knew who we were when we showed up, though, right? He knew that we were brought here to investigate because he had asked Vern to find help. Mm-hmm. And and as far as we know, Ashenberg claims that he started to suspect something here, and he wanted a fresh set of eyes from the outside to investigate. He does not know that we work at Gallows End. He does not know who we really are. Okay. And with the reputation that the Templars of Sigmar have, I believe it's understandable that he wouldn't want us to be involved since so many of my peers would have already torched this place and left. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, uh, yeah, sorry. I've already made my decision and I have my feelings for things here, but if you want to truly be a Templar of Sigmar one day, You'll have to make these decisions on your own. Perhaps with the input of your men, but ultimately, once you have this, and he points to the silver twin-tailed comet on his hat, the responsibility is all yours. And you can tell, um, he gets very serious after he says that, and it's very hard to tell which way he is leaning. Um, but he says, I hope you make what I would consider the right decision, but whatever you decide, we will carry it out. And it'll be your burden to bear, whether you're right or you're wrong. He says, I'll give you a moment, but when you're ready, I'll be in the Great Hall. Alright. And it looks like he waits to see if you have anything else to ask, otherwise he leaves. Alright. I'm gonna go uh first is gonna go to the chim back to the chimney. Okay. And go up that ladder and see where it actually goes. Okay. Uh so real quick, Kyle, go ahead and give me a perception test at plus twenty. Oh, baby daddy wants hair of the dog. 
<laughs> Four levels of success. You find one bottle of thunder, uh, thunder water ale that is unbroken. It is only half filled, but it is uh, it is still there. Or is it half empty? <laughs> um, Mort, you make your way back down to the Chaos Temple. Uh, the feeling of of evil and and magic still lingers a bit in the air. Uh, you know, you guys moved all the bodies of the cultists out uh, and and threw them into the pyre as well. Um, but there are still bloodstains everywhere. Todd is going to be buried in the cemetery uh, today. You know, he he wasn't. He guess just we're too tired to dig a grave for him. So he's been he's been moved out uh, outside um, with the other two Hans and Franz. They're all going to be buried. Otherwise, down here, other than the altar and the big chaos star on the floor, there is a cupboard and a bookshelf in the corner. Uh, the cupboard is pretty much empty. It looks like that's where they kept all the robes that they were wearing. Mm-hmm. And then the bookshelf, it looks like it has, um, I think it has another book or two that definitely look uh, heretical. Uh, but other than that, it's it's pretty empty and, and sparse. I'll collect the two books. Um, I'll check out the altar itself. Is it just like a stone slab or is there anything more to it? Um, it's a very strange black color. Uh, it's, it's not like just regular stone. It definitely looks like something else. And, you know, it's Todd's blood has stained it. It looks like there's other stains down here as well, which you're assuming are probably blood. Are there any sort of like drawers or compartments along like this altar or on the side of the bottom of something like that? No, it's just one hunk of rock. Okay. Um... The other thing I'm curious in, there, there are three exits out of this hall, but we are only familiar with two of them lead. So I believe there was the southernmost exit that uh, Otto was running out of. I'd be curious to check out where that actually goes. Okay. All right. Uh, and then... Um, call the... Uh, or not call. First, the yes. passageway in the chimney mm-hmm. leads up to the roof of the manor. Okay. And when you get up there, you know, part of the roof is, is fairly flat and you notice, uh, in the corner of, uh, the building right here, there is an old rickety ladder on the outside, okay. uh, that leads up here, but it looks pretty damaged and messed up as if you were to try to use it, it could actually start to fall apart or, um, you know, otherwise be unsafe. Okay. And Mort, to your surprise, that middle passage leads to a ladder, and the ladder leads up to eventually like a, a spot where it's like it's almost like you're in like a, a closet. It's a very very tiny small space, and at first you're like, "Where is it? Like, where am I?" Because it's just it, you're just staring at four walls basically, and eventually, um, go ahead and give me a uh, give me a perception test at plus twenty. Pass by four. Eventually, your eyes catch a little bit of light, um, kind of framing something, and you push against that wall, and you realize that the passageway is hidden behind a bookcase, and you are probably somewhat shocked to find that you are standing in Lord Ashenberg's room. 
Oh. And uh, Ashenberg and Vern are here. Uh, you actually probably would hear their voices before you uh, open the... Um... Oh, if I hear them talking, I want to listen to the conversation before I, I open this up. Okay. Uh, so you hear them, and Ashenberg sounds really worried uh, and concerned as to what's happened. Uh, you know, and he, he seems to kind of be blaming himself. He's like, I just, I knew something was, was, was wrong here, Vern, but I, I never would have expected something like this. Cultists, chaos worshipers in my lodge. I mean, what, what was Andres up to before, before this fell into my hands? I, uh, Hans and Franz are dead. The guards. How could I have not have seen this? And you can see Vern, or you can hear Vern um, seems le- legitimately concerned about about Ashenberg and says, "My lord, there's, you know, there's there's no way you could have known. I mean, that's that's how these cults operate, right? They operate in secret. They fool people. They lure them in. I mean, at least at least you were wise enough to try to." You noticed something was wrong. You brought people here to to try to to find out what happened, and and they got to the bottom of it. I mean, of course, it's unfortunate about the boy and the coachman and and all the others, but it could have been so much worse. And and Ashenberg, you can tell he you know he, he his mood lightens a little bit, but he still seems kind of uh, to to blame himself a little bit. He's like, ah, I don't know, Vern. I mean, what? What kind of lord am I if if something like this happens under my watch? Even if I even if I didn't know, I mean, sh- shouldn't I? You know, and he, he almost says it like a, like a question, like you know, he's not even sure himself. And Vern says, "Well, I I don't know, my lord, but I I do know that uh, you didn't mean for any of this to happen." It's not your fault that Pearson was was up to this scheme. I mean, he's worked here for years before we came. Who knows how long this has been going on? Perhaps, perhaps even Andres was in on it. I, no one knows. You know, I mean, he's who knows where he is. Uh, Andres was the previous owner, wasn't he? Previous lord. Yes, yes. Andres von Brunner was a member of the von Brunner family that supposedly. Uh, was the ruler of this this lodge before? And oh. you guys, you guys heard a rumor that uh, he like just disappeared, and and no one knows what happened to him. But yeah, it's it, it, it sounds like uh, both of them are shocked at what's happened. And Ashenberg, you know, you can tell in the sound of his voice that he he feels responsible, and whether or not he should be, that's up to you. But um, he, he feels responsible, and you can definitely tell he he feels and seems concerned. Uh, for what happens. Well, after hearing the conversation, I will then open up the uh, the, the bookshelf. And so yeah, it turns it. out there there's a huge book uh, case in in the room, and you push it open, and the both of them are startled to see you come through the the opening. Uh, and you're you're equally as startled to find yourself in his master bedroom, and you know. When you guys were in here, you guys have been in here at least two or three times, never noticed anything about this bookshelf. It was very well hidden. 
Yeah, they look they look a little stunned when you walk in. Like, oh well, how interesting! This is where this path leads. Uh, a- greetings, Ash- Ashenberg and Vern. Ashenberg's like, what? Where did you come from? Uh the 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 shrine room down in the basement where they're performing their rituals. Apparently, they have a direct passage right to here. And I'll I'll show him the ladder and how it goes down the, the lower chambers. He he looks and he he seems very shocked and he um he says oh Vern right in my own room and and Vern you can see is like trying to trying to comfort him and uh, eventually uh, Ashenberg says um can 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 you show me and he he asks you. Have you seen it yet? He shakes his head no. Alright, well, steady yourself. It's it's not a pleasant sight, but if you want to see it, follow me. He says, I, I think I owe that to my staff. I'll uh, go back down the ladder and lead him the way into the basement. Okay. Um, you get down there and, you know, Mort, or not Mort, uh, Vern follows... Um, kind of complaining, like, just how filthy and disgusting it is down here, um, and kind of cursing Pearson under his breath a little bit. And eventually you guys get to the, the shrine, and Vern seems visually shaken uh, when he sees the altar, the chaos symbol, and all the blood. Ashenberg, he definitely does not feel comfortable, uh, but it looks like he kind of holds his nerve. Um Vern, Vern fails his cool test, and, and Ashenberg passes. Um, and Ashenberg kind of takes a big gulp before he walks into the room, and he kind of comes to to stand and and almost stare at the, uh, the altar. And you can see kind of a a, a look of melancholy kind of fall across his features as he looks at the blood, and is obviously envisioning or thinking about what happened to to Todd, and. Uh, he, you know, the whole time you guys have seen him, he's been a pretty big, jovial, energetic guy. And to you, it looks like he's almost on the verge of tears. Sorry you had to see this, but it's probably for the best that you know what was happening down below your manor. He nods. Unfortunately, this is, this is where we found them last night, and, well, I believe you know the rest. He says, yes, uh... I don't remember what Matthias used for his cover name, but whatever it is, uh, you know, he'll say, uh, yeah, he, um, he, he explained everything this morning. I just, I never knew. I can't believe Pearson and how did he convince so many for what? To, to, to murder an innocent boy? And you can see he seems he seems pretty pretty shaken by it all, you know. And um, he kind of kind of turns away from the altar, and you know he's got one one hand like on his you know on his head, uh, the other kind of on his on his uh, on his hip as he walks out the room back towards the um, back towards the entranceway. And you know you can just kind of hear him muttering under his breath, like I, I you, know. you should know that there are two other ways into this room. You know, one leading into the library, one to the sitting room as well. They're all connected. He he nods and he you know he says yeah you know um, 
Matthias explained everything to him uh, this morning. Uh, perhaps you should take a few minutes and uh, get your bearings straight and think about what's happened. He does, and he says, um, I don't know what I would have done if if you and your friends, if Vern hadn't hired you. Good thing he did. He nods, and he says, I, I wish everyone would have made it through, but um, you and your friends have, have my eternal thanks. I'll nod back to him as well. And eventually, you know, it looks like he doesn't he doesn't want to be down there and, and him and Vern uh they go they you know they check out the other two passages just to see and eventually they come up through the wine cellar uh passage. Um and then you know eventually unless anyone has anything else to, to do, everyone then meets back up in the Great Hall. I still have one more thing I wanna do. Okay. Uh I wanna go into uh Pearson's room with that Kia yet. Ah, okay. All right, so you go into his room. Um, it's a little bit smaller than Vern's, but otherwise large, much larger than most of the other rooms here, and nicely furnished. You know, being the uh, the steward, he definitely had a position of authority and respect with the, the, the manor staff. And, um, you know, you find a lot of his personal belongings in here, uh, you know, his his wardrobe and things like that. Go ahead and uh, give me a perception test, please. Any modifiers? 20. Oh, come on. Fail by two. Okay, you don't find anything really else out of the ordinary. Um, You know, for the most part. Okay. There's nothing none of that screams heresy as you kind of look through the room. Okay. All right, well, I'll give it a once give it a once over, you know, check the drawers under the bed, you know, any cabinets or drawers or desks he may have in here, you know. Okay. Uh his you can, closet. You can do another test at uh plus 10. Um, okay. There we go, pass by 6. Okay. Wow, by 6, damn. Um you do eventually find uh, there is a slit in his bed mattress, and inside the mattress you find stuffed... Buenos? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a slanesh slash, slash weekly. Um, no, you find a... Uh, basically like a, a, a journal, so to speak. Um... And inside, you find a letter. I'll look at the letter first. Okay. Uh, the journal doesn't really reveal much, but inside this journal tucked away is um, is this letter that... Uh, I don't know if I have a way to share just this with you for now. That's okay. I assume you'll probably reveal this to everybody, um, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Do you? Well, I guess we'll just let you read it now, and you guys can decide. So, it's lo- is it loading? Yep, go. I got it. Nice all right. So yeah, you can all read it because obviously you'll learn what it says at one point or another. Oh my god, he signed it with an A. It's Abaddon. <laughs> oh, Archeon. Sorry, wrong setting. 
Yeah, wrong, <laughs> wrong universe. <laughs> Continue the search for what? I don't know, Mort. If you wanted to, maybe, uh, maybe read that out loud for our listeners, since they can't see what we're all looking at. Uh, so, I, have you heard this Eldritch Eye before? No. This is a, a this is new to us. Okay. Yes. Uh, Gregor, it has been weeks since your last report. I thought I made myself clear in our last correspondence. The Eldritch Eye answers to me. The Order is not a plaything we use as a means for your personal vendetta. Your, your, uh, what? Obsession. Your your obsession with Bruner and guests for revenge while justly, sorry, and your quest for revenge. Some of this is hard to read. Yeah, while justly placed are not part of our master's plan. Well, you may be consigned to a to a backwater like the, like that the lounge. I trust that you have forgotten. You have not forgotten what is at stake. You have your orders and know what's expected of you. Ever since Altdorf, the the Eldritch Eye has been weakest link in our chain. Your numbers should have doubled at least by now. You promised me your order could recover from its attacks, and I have yet to witness such a thing. Setbacks from its setbacks. You can expand your network immediately. I want you to know everything that you do and, and the surrounding area. Continue with the search. I expect a full report within a month with notable events. Do not make me dispatch Akeild to check on your progress. So I guess that A is Akeild sigil. You right. don't know. I think it's Andreas or whatever that guy is. What was the previous owner that disappeared? Yep, Andres was his name. Mm-hmm. Also begins with an A. Could be. Uh, yes, yeah, so that one sentence, it says, um, I want to know everything that goes on in Ubersreich and the surrounding lands. Okay. Which is the, the main city nearby. A little rusty in my cursive. Yeah, well, it, it's it, it hard. Kind of, yeah, I, I, I read a couple words. I assume you share that with the group before you all convene in the hall? Yeah, yeah. That as well as the journal, whatever may be of value in there, but the note clearly it's the most important part. Yeah, the the journal um, is not as uh, incriminating as you would have hoped. Okay. Looks like he was pretty careful with uh, what was going on, what he was up to. It, it's mostly uh, his journal is, is talks about um, getting revenge on Von Brunner, whoever that may be referring to. Okay. But yeah, I'll share that with the group. Definitely give it to Matthias. I'll also show him the uh, the other potential heresy books that were found in the temple as well. Do you tell them about the passageway and listening in on Ashenberg and Vern? Yeah, yeah. I mentioned there was a passageway going directly up into Ashenberg chamber, and I did overhear the conversation where he did genuinely seem surprised and distraught about what happened and did not really show any signs of complacency with the actions that happened here. Okay. Well, at that point, everyone gathers in the hall, and uh, you all go in there. Matthias uh, stays outside with you, Firth, um, waiting for you to, to arrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything else you were going to do before you go back? Or No, I'm good. Okay. 
So he sees you, and uh, he just says, Have you made a decision? I have. He says, Any questions before we go in? Uh, not questions, exactly. Just thoughts about our, our next, you know, options, moves, I suppose. He says, okay. Well, tell me what you've decided, and th- we shall render our verdict. I think that uh, Vern and Aschenberg are innocent. But I do think we have to destroy. Uh, well, we have to destroy that area beneath the, uh, you know, the, the wherever the ritual was. And I fear in doing that, we may essentially just destroy this entire place. Um, so I don't know what's going to be left when we're done here. <laughs> you know, I mean, we'll spare their lives, but I don't, I don't know if we're doing them any favors. He says walls can be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Very well. And he motions for you to follow him. I do. And the two of you enter. And at this point, before you enter, um, Matthias has donned his witch hunting gear. And before you guys enter, he puts his signature hat on, which definitely completes the look. Without it, you know, he may be a witch hunter, but kind of hard to tell. Once he puts the hat on, though, there's no doubt. And he walks uh, He walks in, and there's kind of a hush, especially from the gathered staff that are there. And Ashenberg looks a little shocked and, uh, and pale, uh, even. And Matthias kind of walks front and center, and clearly all attention is on him. And he begins to speak. Lord Ashenberg, my name is Matthias von Kessler, a Templar of the Holy Order of Sigmar. After careful evaluation of what has transpired here, I have found you innocent of the charges of heresy. I do not believe that you were privy to what was going on here. And I believe that you and Vern and the rest of the staff that still stand are innocent. And Ashenberg looks completely shocked that this is even happening. Um, and you can tell he's, he's definitely a little nervous. Matthias continues, The temple beneath your manor grounds must be cleansed. And he looks to you, Call, and he says, Can you do it? Without bringing down the whole hall? I... I certainly could. Good. He says, um... Lord Ashenberg, the events that occurred here tonight will be reported to my superiors at Gallo's End. But the innocence of you and the rest of the staff here will be stressed. And he waits to see if Ashenberg says anything, uh, to which he just kind of nods and and gulps. And he says, I believe you're a good man. I believe everything Vern has told me of you. He says, I apologize for the 
deceitfulness in our mission, but I'm sure you could understand, given our line of work. And Ashenberg just kind of nods. And we will begin to make preparations for the destruction of the temple. And then we'll be on our way to continue to try to find your escaped guard and to whatever treacherous cults he leads us to. And uh, Ashenberg kind of wipes his brow and and thanks you all again. And, you know, kind of kind of thanks you for the, the show of mercy. Clearly he knows what, what could go down here. And he says, um, I... I cannot thank you all enough uh, for rooting out this heresy and this evil, and um, if there's anything you ever need, I'll do anything in my power to try to, to, to make it happen. I have a lot of connections, and um, just just name it. And uh, you see a, a rare kind of smile kind of creeps on Matthias's face, and he says, um, our chapter house is in need of masons and repairs, materials. And Ashenberg nods and he says, I'll make sure you get it before even the lodge is done. Matthias seems satisfied with that. And you all begin to make preparations uh, for what else is going to happen. But ultimately... Um, they don't have stores and stores of black powder here. They don't have what's needed to destroy the temple. Um, so Matthias uh, and Carl, you have discussions with Ashenberg and Vern as to exactly what they need to do. And uh, Ashenberg, you know, vows to make sure that um, that is taken care of before, uh, you know, before they, they bring anyone else in. And you guys basically get ready to uh, to head out. You know, you gather all your things. Um, you gather everything up uh, on uh, on one of the uh, the wagons. And to your surprise, as you guys are, uh, well, you guys have a chance if you need to do anything before you leave. But otherwise, you guys are going to be departing. Looking good. Uh, so we're heading back to uh, Uberzerk? Back to Gallows End. Back to Gallows End. I'm going to grab a book or two from the library for reading on the way back. That, that okay. catches my interest. So what's the, uh... What's the rent like at Gallows End? If you don't let me ask it. Yeah. You, you guys don't have to pay anything. You're kind of considered employees, so you don't you don't pay to, to have a room or anything. You're kind of like a you're kind of like a soldier, so they they have a barracks, you know, that you your your house up and bring a guest. Nah, it's probably best if my guest stays here with Sister Sonia. <laughs> yeah, oh, I tell that. Gertie I'll, I'll... to come visit Urbu's right. No, you bring <laughs> you bring your dwarf buddy, aren't you? I'll uh no, I'm gonna leave uh Corden here, but I'll uh. Let uh, give uh, Sister Sonia word, and uh, I'll ask her if there's anybody that uh, could read to her if I wrote to her. She she nods and she says, "I'm sure Vern and Lord Ashenberg could help if need be." All right, I would like uh, 
I would like to keep a correspondence going with you and uh, for the matter of Corden's well-being. She says, I would like that very much, and I'm sure he would as well. Nice. And uh, I'll let her know that uh, his his hammer will find its ancestral hall, so when he does pass, he can go to the Great Halls. She thanks you for that, uh, and she seems genuinely uh, happy about that, and you know, she she thanks you for everything you've done and wishes you safe travels in your journeys. All right, call's good to go. La Volpe? Uh, yeah, like I said, I uh, I uh, give Gertie a kiss on her hand and uh, offer her to come to Ubersweik if she ever gets to leave on holiday. Uh, give me a charm test at... She was the... Plus... You plus... 20. Hell yeah. Gertie was the one with the broom. Oh yeah. Uh, I passed <laughs> by passed by two. Uh, she smiles and blushes a little bit and uh, seems completely smitten. Um, especially for someone with the exotic accent that you have. Uh, and the fact that you prevented her from being brutally murdered and sacrificed to the Chaos Gods. Definitely yeah, scored you... a few brownie points. It helps sometimes. I'll uh, I'll give Firth an elbow and point her like yeah she's as thin as the broom she's carrying we'd break her back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it! So you guys pack up and and get on the wagon and much to your surprise, you notice that Gand is putting his things on the wagon as well. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Does that include my Betsy? Oh, the three dogs are there, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. When you guys finally load up and start heading off back to Gallo's End, um, Gand looks to you, Carl, and says, uh, so is this what you meant by uh, a witch hunter might not like what I had in my shack? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm not one to spin tales, so usually if I am saying something, it's, it's worth hearing. Uh, he, he just laughs it off, and, um, unlike Lord Ashenberg, he does not seem nervous at all being around, uh, Matthias or a group of, of Witch Hunter and his, you know, his, his retinue. Yeah, eventually you guys, you guys head out and begin to make your way back to, to Gallo's End. Now, on your way back, uh, basically Matthias explains, or Gand explains, one of them does, uh, Matthias has recruited Gand to come work at Gallows End and basically says, um, you know, I haven't had any hunting hounds in uh, in his retinue for a while and realized that uh, Gand seems to be a pretty good kennel master and a devout worshiper of Sigmar, so that's good enough for him. And uh, Gand wants more chances to kill Chaos Guys, so he's all in. You guys begin uh, the travel back to uh, Gallows End, which will probably take about a day because you're gonna you're gonna circumnavigate Ubersreich and just head straight there. Matthias explains that he needs to report to his superiors and let them know what's happened, and you know to check in to let them know that you guys are still all alive and kicking, and then to uh, decide on what your next course of action is going to be. Which right now, it seems like Matthias is pretty keen on trying to pick up the trail of the escaped guard and see if you guys can track him down and 
make sure he's the last one or if he's heading to, you know, to others, you know, root them out as well. Might get a bit confusing having Gand the stable master and Gand the kennel master. Well, his first name's Oliver, so you can call him Oliver if you'd like. I'll just figure it out. I like Gand. Does anyone have anything particular to discuss on the way back? Yeah. I'm kind of curious about uh, some of the things in that letter. Yeah, clearly, this group of cultists is just a smaller sect of a larger organization. And they are looking for something specifically. Matthias, after you guys kind of bring this up and start discussing it, says, I've, uh, I've dealt with plenty of cults in the past, and I think I know exactly who this cult is and who's in command. Yeah, they mentioned they've got a master, right? He says, I believe I know who they speak of. And who would that be? You can tell Matthias's mood darkens a little bit as you start to discuss these things, and he says, he's known as Ashtar. He is the leader of a cult called the Nine Eyes. I believe the Eldric Eye was one of the branches or orders, as they put it, of his cult. I've had dealings with him in the past. I've wiped out one of his branches completely, and I've dealt with another one. And you can tell when he mentions that second part that he dealt with another one, uh, he kind of says that through gritted teeth. What was the name of this other one? I'm guessing the something eye, or the eye of something? <laughs> uh, that is correct. Pearson's first name was Gregor, right? Yes. Okay. Thank you for asking that. I was like, I thought so, but... I gleaned that knowledge from him as I split his skull open and spilled his brains out of the floor. My uh, my hammer learned it for me. Um, it's in my It's in my other notebook that I don't have up here. But uh, right. yes, um, basically, when you hear the names of the other two uh, branches, they all have, uh, you know, like something with the word I in it. And Matthias believes that there's nine branches as to why they're called the nine eyes. How widespread are these? Are these just through the Riverlands or do they go further afield to, you know, out to Midland or beyond? Well... The last one I dealt with was in Marienburg. Well, that's not too close. No. So I would imagine that they're throughout the Empire. If a cult could in, could infiltrate Marienburg, they could infiltrate Altdorf, Nuln, any of the capitals. Well, I do mention Altdorf. Um, everybody can give me... Um, I'm assuming no one really has any lore about chaos or cults or anything like that, so everybody can give me an intelligence test at minus 30. Hey, you know what? There's a 1% chance I make this work. Oh! Critical success. Or, I guess I rolled a 2. <laughs> wow! Okay, so... Um, Mr. Elf... You recognize the name Achield, and you're not sure if it's referring to the same individual, 
Um, also, Matthias does point out that this is a cult of Zinch, the god of change, one of the four chaos gods. And um, even though your characters don't know much about that, the whole thing with the eye theme is, is common for uh, for Zinch. But um, when he explains that, Mort, you have heard a story of a prominent chaos champion by the name of Achild Hellbrass, who is a champion of Zinch. Um, you don't know if it's the same individual, um, but you've never really heard of anybody else with that name in your time or in your studies. Obviously, it doesn't mean there isn't anyone else in the Warhammer world named Achild, but uh, that is a legend that comes to your mind when you hear that in regards to everything else that's going on. <clears throat> um, how many success levels did you have? Two? Okay. You also know that Achild is the one thing that you've heard in his legend, in his story, is that he wields a magical uh, two-handed sword that can... You've heard conflicting legends and rumors as to whether it can fly or it grants him the ability to fly or that it can, uh, it can, it's like sentient and he can like, he can like send it to, you know, fly and attack and then return to him. But you've always heard something in that regards around his stories. Interesting. Okay. I will uh, share my apparent knowledge with the group. Yeah, it'd be something you you probably had learned of or, or read some stories of back when you were in Uthwan, you know, in some of your studies when you were, you know, first becoming a, a mage. Does it? Does he have like a base of operations? He doesn't know that. No, you're not sure. Useless fucking elf. <laughs> okay, Mister, I pass on a one only. I would have found out a lot if I passed on that one. <laughs> so you also um you also realize that uh you know von Brunner is a name that's come up multiple times. Uh Andres was a von Brunner, and von Brunner is a name of a very prominent family in Ubersreich. Matthias explains to you that von Brunner uh, there is a Von Brunner that was a very well-known witch hunter who operated out of Altdorf, And he believes that this is the same one that's being referred to in this letter. Um, his name was Lord Heisman Von Brunner. Heisman Von Brunner. And at this point, the Von Bruners are pretty much probably the most powerful family in Ubersreich, and there is some political upheaval. Um, Ubersreich was originally controlled by another family. I believe they were called the Von Jugendfreuds or Freids. I don't remember the exact pronunciation. But anyway, the big thing that's going on with Ubersreich is that the Emperor basically overnight sent in 
the Imperial Army from Elkdorf, or a regiment of it, and basically took control of it from the previous family, and they have kind of retreated and and ran off to the hills, so to speak, and then the other uh, family, the Von Bruners, have kind of stepped in and, and taken, I don't want to say control, but they're they're like the lead family now in the region. And there's all different stories and reports as to why the Emperor has done this or what it means. Nobody knows for sure. But that's that's a big thing that's going on right now. And now Ubersreich is seeming to be set more to become like an independent city rather than one that is under direct control of the, the province or the Elector Count. Which is kind of rare in the Empire, so it's another big thing that's going on right now. But there are troops from Eltdorf stationed in Ubersreich, and you see them all the time in their blue and red uniforms. Uh, and a lot of them, a lot of people kind of almost regard them as foreign invaders. Uh, so there's a lot of tensions in the city right now about that. And the fact that the Emperor hasn't been clear as to why this has happened uh, has just led to more rumors and, and fuel to the fire. So, Kessler, what's our next move? We'll get back to Gallo's End, resupply, regroup, rest. I'll make my report to Strauss, and then we will try to pick up the trail of Koch, see if we can find where he's headed. Strauss is the head of Gallo's End, or just head of, like, the Witch Hunter Order? No, no, he's he is the... Uh, the captain that runs Gallows End. Okay. The Witch Hunter Captain. Yes, each each chapter house is run by a captain, and each of the four regions is run by a Witch Hunter General. So so Gallows End has a bunch of different Witch Hunters that make their base operations out of it? They come and go. Um, no one's really ever permanent because of the, the travels of that our job usually entails sees us traveling all across the Empire. Some tend to stay in certain regions. I've been in the Reichland for a while, but I've been I've been to pretty much every province in the Empire at least once. Well traveled, okay. I guess every job has its perks. He nods. Says um I've definitely seen some things and places. Okay. I got nothing else at the moment. Well, eventually, uh, towards the end of the day, you guys reach Gallows End, and it is just as dark and dreary as when you left. Um... Definitely uh, a very different setting to Grunwald Lodge, even before the Chaos Cult was revealed. And you all, you know, get situated. You have a chance to rest up. At this point, everybody's wounds are fully healed, and you have a chance to um, rest and, you know, kind of have a, a proper look around. At this point, you are more you're you're morally considered uh like a true retinue of a witch hunter you've you know you've done a mission together so at this point you are kind of regarded as employees and you're given more free reign to 
access the chapter house and use a lot of its amenities and facilities that were kind of off limits when you first showed up. Um, and it seems that everybody, you know, knows something about Matthias or has a story or a rumor. And, you know, there's a lot of mixed uh, feelings you get around the chapter house about him, you know, especially because he seems to be so different from a lot of the others. And uh, Wajit, uh, Lavolpe, your friend, uh, has returned at this point. Obviously, you guys didn't meet back with him in, up with him in Ubersreich, but he stayed there, uh, you know, for the day and, and did some some selling of his wares and things like that. But he's he's back outside when you guys get here. And uh, Gan gets settled in as well, and it looks like there is an, an old kennel house that uh, Matthias points out to him, and he starts setting that up to train the hounds and in hopes of, you know, one day having more. And uh, Matthias explains to um, the uh, the steward of Gallows End, uh, Davian Thule, you know, he explains to him, I'm sorry, Davian Gaius, uh, you know, the arrangement he's made with uh, Ashenberg to try to get some work done on Gallows End. So it looks like there might actually be some, some things done to the... Uh, the watchtower or the bell tower sooner rather than later. Um, Matthias does make his report to Strauss. Uh, you guys are not part of that, but you do know that he eventually meets with him. And uh, eventually, Matthias, uh, this may be two, three days have gone by, or probably not that much. About a day goes by. Uh, the next day, you know, that's after you return, is, is pretty busy as Matthias meets with Strauss. And then eventually, guys have a chance to kind of meet everyone else at Gallows End and, and have a good look around. What does everyone do in this kind of, you have a little bit of downtime before Matthias gets you all together for your debriefing? Meaning a few days or? Like the early morning. You know, you'll, you'll probably meet with him later in the afternoon. or Oh, or gotcha. Uh, I'll head down to the dock. And um, meet some dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are no other dwarves at Gallows End. No, no, I'm heading down to the dock in Ubersrake. You won't have time to do that because it, it's about a day's travel to get to Ubersrake. Uh, all right, fine, kind of. Oh, but uh, you you do know that um, Kessler seems pretty keen that you guys will probably be leaving pretty soon, um, and it sounds like you'll probably head to Ubersreich first. But that'll that'll all be explained in a minute. But you have time here at Gallows End if there's anything you'd like to do or anyone you'd like to talk to. I, I'll um, just uh, all right, go ahead. I was just say I'll just fill in Wajit on what he missed if he hadn't heard yet. And see what he's been up to, if anything of note. Well, he tells you that he, uh, you know, he was selling a few things in Uber's Reich and just trying to make more, you know, more contacts and more sales. And, you know, it sounds like you guys had quite the adventure and he's glad that you're back safe. And, um, you know, he's, he's kind of shocked to hear about a, a cult and that, you know, this, this lead turned out to be something so much bigger than it seemed like it was going to be. I think our adventures will be full of these things, my friend. Uh, he he seems eager, you know, to to hear more, and um, you know, he's he's excited that you you got a chance to uh, 
Oh, so experience all the terrible things that you experience, but uh, at least, you know, kind of see And then how... I gave him one of these. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and I stabbed that fiery beast. <laughs> uh, Mort, anything you're going to do? Um, I mean, probably, uh, I assume there's some sort of a library here as well. Yes, there is. A, a decent one, actually. It's bigger than the one that Ashenberg had, that's for sure. Uh, I'll go to that library and try to get more history on Gallows End itself about, you know, some of the previous witch hunters that have been here and some of the the things that this chapter house has uncovered throughout its, its days. Okay. Try and right. find more chaos worshipping librarians. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> hey, we're worshipping chaos in here. And uh, when I go to the li- uh, that library, I, I, just, I just tap out the rug, make sure there's not something hollow to that rug. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's uh, it's more of like a carpet than a rug in here. It's it's nice. It's nicer. Um, okay. But no, there's nothing underneath it. Um, and Firth, how about you? Yeah, I got, I got nothing really. I, just, I mostly just concentrated on healing up those last uh, three wounds that I had there. Relaxing a little bit. Uh, that's my big thing. Okay. I uh I will go down to the uh quartermaster and uh slam the spiked club Ooh. and head on the bar and be like, I want my coin back. He like turns and looks at you. Nice to see you too. Yes. Uh well, it's a good thing I'm here to be seen. No thanks to this, and I'll hold up the net. <laughs> he he <laughs> kinda looks at you like Yeah, get rid of that stupid what? thing. <laughs> You picked the net, buddy, not me. Well, and uh, I'm picking it back to you. (laughs) He kind of crosses his arms. He's like, okay. What else do you have back there? What do you need? I got lots of stuff. All sorts of shit back here. And he kind of like throws his hand back at, you know... The stuff that's you know on display, quote unquote, and then you know at the like the the storeroom that's that's next to him. Oh, the days I've had just recently, I would be interested in something to uh, cover more of my body. I, I, by the way, Firth sees where the dwarf's going and actually follows along because he needs some better shit too, and he's got ten silver shillings to spend. He goes, all right, all right, look, 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 this, this works one of two ways. I know you guys are new here. And then when he sees you, Firth, you know, from your first experience, yeah. um, he still kind of seems a little uh, a little standoffish to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of just ignores you and looks like <laughs> he just keeps talking to the dwarf as if you're not there. Um, when he, says, uh, he survived, too. Yeah, damn it. Um, look, look, I know you're new here, so here's here's how this works, all right? If you've got a silver hammer, that's the currency of the chapter house, all right? Now, you're only going to get those from your captain or the witch hunter you're working with, all right? That's just how it works. That's how we do the resources around here. Unfortunately, I don't have an unlimited supply of, of nets to give you. However, you can always spend coin here as well, because then I can use that to get more supplies from town or you know, replace merchandise. So either way works. 
Yeah, I am exchanging these for my hammer back, which I will then spend. No, that's not how that works. That what do you mean? Just that's how every shop works in this town, and in Gallows End. He's like, he's like, we're not in a town, buddy. Do you know what I have been through? I'm going to My guess, my guess is that you've never used one of these things before, and you probably threw it all over the place, and it never landed on anybody. Am I right? Uh, landed on the wizard. Yeah, you're not here. Uh, you're completely, you're completely wrong. It landed on the perfect target the first time I threw it. I couldn't have asked for a better. So you landing. are trying to kid the elf. Oh, so so what's the problem then? It uh, doesn't. It impedes uh, my uh, retinue master von Kessler's uh, greater plans and what he wants this group to do. And uh, you know, I'm just following, uh, just trying to make our retinue the the best possible gang of hunters we could possibly be. Possibly. Oh, is that is that right? Is that right? Well, you know what? If Kessler said that, then where's the silver hammer? Well, that's what I thought. You're about to hand it to me. You're about to hand it to me when I give this back to you. Look, either 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 you pay up now for something, or you come back with a silver hammer. All right. There's no exchange of returns unless that was part of our previous agreement, which it wasn't. You know what? I can't take back used equipment. That's not how this works. It was used when I bought it. You didn't buy it. You you gave me the currency of the chapter house, all right? Which was given to you freely from your witch hunter, all right? You didn't buy shit. So it just it just showed up in your possession already used? Well, it's taken off a bunch of dead goblins. Where do you think yeah, it came from? That's what I told goblins. you. Yeah, used. You think the goblins just kept it in their pouches? Well, I don't know. I wasn't there when they took it. You're making this very difficult, and I feel like you and I had a connection, and that you and I were going to build a long, prosperous friendship. But now, you're just turning us into two firths over here. Hey! <laughs> he's like, he's like, look, we can be friends all you want, alright? I'm sure you're good at drinking, being a dwarf and all, and we can always share a drink. But rules are the rules. Now, what do you want? I like some armor. Uh, yeah, you know, something to uh, cover me, me, me areas. All right, all right. Well, yeah, we can we can work on something like that. He's like, uh, well, let me let me see what I got here. What do you? What, what, uh, I, I'd like some armor. Yeah, yeah, I heard you the first time in the back. <laughs> uh, something to cover the head, the legs, my boots. I've got the body and hands covered. Okay, all right. Uh, well. Yeah, that sounds uh, good. It's good. You say one more word first, and I'm going <laughs> to shut you up. Uh, I'll buy you a drink after. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the cost is in just a second here. As soon as I find it, here we go. Uh, he's like, "Well, if you check uh, page three hundred of your core rule book, you'll see all my prices." 
Uh, got us a huge ledger on the bar. I'll flip open to page 300. All right. And the dash is a, a shilling. And he says, and before you ask, I don't have any mail and I don't have any plate. I'll take a skull cap. Done. And I am purchasing this from you without haggling in the hopes that you and I can reach a better understanding of what it takes to uh, have a uh, burgeoning economy between the two of us. Uh, that was a lot of words, Dorf, but I, I think I get what you're saying. And now uh, I uh, am sorry to leave you in the company of this one, and I'll walk away. <laughs> um, it looks like his mood has lightened a little bit uh, after dealing with the angry Dorf. And he doesn't seem quite as disappointed to see you again. Well, he's certainly not happy about it, but he says, all right, what you need? So the first one is, is silver? Yeah, if it's got a dash, that's, that's silver shillings. Damn, this is expensive. Yeah, everything in here is silver and gold crowns for that. Um, pence would have a D after the number if it was the, the pennies. Gotcha. That's expensive. It is. That's why you've got a skull cap. Yeah, I can't even afford anything that I, I don't already have. All right, sorry, can't afford anything. He says, "Look, I'm sure Kessler is gonna get you something before you head out to your next mission." All right. Yeah, he, uh, he he tries to take care of those under his command, at least from what I've seen. Later that day, uh, kind of like um, early evening, maybe about uh, probably like four o'clock before dinner is going to be served, Matthias uh, says that he wants to speak with everybody, and he gathers you all uh, in the same room that you you met met up in before to kind of have a, a debriefing about the mission. So everybody gathers and starts to get some dinner together. Uh, as well, and he sits down at the head of the table like he did before, and he says, so, a first mission, I would say fairly well done. I think that deserves a toast. And he, uh, you know, pours each of you some uh, some ale and kind of holds his glass up. I will I'll hold mine up as well. So, I like to talk about our assignments in the hopes that we might become a better, more cohesive unit. And uh, he kind of starts going around the room, and he says, Firth? Yes? I'm glad you made the decision that you did. He's like, I truly believe that Ashenberg was innocent and did not have anything to do with that cult. And I believe that you made the right call in showing mercy. Um, and to the three of you, that, that you're, you're surprised to hear that, because you all assumed that it was Matthias that made that decision. Um, I mean, you, you know that he has basically offered Firth a chance to be an apprentice, but you did not know that he gave him the 
option to make the decision on Lord Ashenberg's fate. He says, um, you made an oath to the dwarf, which you strove and did keep. Something truly worthy of an heir of Sigmar. You showed some inquisitiveness in our investigations. You're always questioning the right things. You didn't shy away from the fight. That's exactly the type of thing that a witch hunter needs to be. All of that and more, but a good start nonetheless. He turns to you, Carl, and he says, um, Fearless like most dwarves, I didn't have any doubts from the start. And he says, but, um, you gave up our element of surprise down in the temple, and that could have cost us dearly. Yes, well, uh, it is, uh, it's, I wish I could blame it on the ale, but, uh, <laughs> they're... Their flop was as thin as water. He says, I understand the urge to battle can sometimes be great, but in our line of work, sometimes subtlety has to come first. Especially in a situation like that when we were so horribly outnumbered. As you all saw, a bunch of rabble can end up being deadly and dangerous. I need to know that I can trust you to follow my orders. Call, give him a nod, you know. I don't think Call ever uh, disobeyed an order. No, you did not. Um, and you did follow his one order when he asked you to come down from the wall, so um, he nods. He turns to you, Mort, and he says, um, it's good to have another wizard at my side. Sometimes facing sorcerers and dark art practitioners is one of the most terrifying things that we encounter. Knowing we have someone that can tap into the winds of magic is is good. Another wizard? There was more? <laughs> are, you, are you asking him, like, there were more wizards before? Yeah. He nods. He says, yes, I've I've had wizards in my retinues before. Hmm, okay. He says... Did they keep any journals around here? I suppose it's a discussion for another time. <laughs> um, he says, uh, I, um... But I can't stress my disappointment in how you almost blew our cover. Well, that led them to action, and that action is ultimately what led us to find their lair and ultimately uncover their plans. It actually went exactly as I hoped it would. And what if it hadn't? What if we'd shown up to that ritual just a minute later? Pearson was already gone. Then what? I had the utmost faith in yours and all of our capabilities. He looks at you for a minute, and then he says, Next time... I expect you to be a little more cautious. Especially when we don't know exactly what we're dealing with. We cannot be quick to jump to action in the middle of an investigation. 
Okay. And then uh, Lavolpe, he uh, he looks to you. I've never had a Telian by my side, but so far you haven't disappointed. Uh, I keep trying to improve, Mister Kessler. It appears the uh, the recommendations to add you to the group are turning out to be correct. And then uh, he sits back a little bit and takes another drink and says. All in all, I'd say our first mission was a pretty good success. It's unfortunate that Koch got away, but we'll track him down. He's running because he's scared. He's running because he's a coward. He knew when the fight turned against him. Everyone's still intact. No one's missing any limbs. And no one's gone insane. So, all in all, I call that a win. My one point of corruption twitches. <laughs> we saved a lot of lives back at the lodge. Unfortunately, we couldn't have saved everybody, but that's the nature of this work. We stopped Chaos from getting another foothold in Sigmar's realm. That alone is cause for celebration. And he begins to uh, kind of start picking at his food a little bit. And he says, so. I imagine there's questions, comments, concerns. Um, so I was talking to the fella downstairs, <laughs> and he said he would not deal with us on a level matter unless we had silver hammers. And now I don't want to come off very dwarven here. But about how often will I touch a silver hammer? He says uh, it's usually as often as the witch hunter captain deems. Usually get some before a mission. Sometimes I can procure, procure more through favors. Unfortunately, the chapter house cannot supply us indefinitely with unlimited supplies. That's why the Silver Hammer system is in place. Much like if you were in the Imperial Army, you can't just get up to the Quartermaster and ask for a new horse and a shield. If everybody did, then there'd be nothing left. But rest assured, Master Dwarf, that I will do my best to endeavor that you all have the equipment that we need. Alright, that's all I ask. Uh, he kind of looks at everyone else to see if anyone else has anything to add or say or thoughts or any questions to ask. I want that, uh, is it Coach or Cock or what? Coke? What's his name? Koch. Koch. I got Koch in my sights. I want that guy going to go down. That's by, if, out of game, if I could say that my character's new goal is to get this guy. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but uh, Matthias explains that he has already sent messages to uh, a few contacts in Ubershrike and that um, you guys are going to be heading there next to see if you can pick up his trail and then, uh, and then go from there. Um, but he 
uh, he also explains that um, basically upon returning, he has received word from a uh, another contact of a um, another possible lead to another uh, another task. Related to the one we just completed, or, or separate? Separate. I've uh, I've been told that there are rumors of a potential witch living in a town called Stromdorf. As soon as he says a witch, he, I kind of lean a little bit closer. I need to gather a little more intel, but could be a. Uh, you never know with these sorts of things. It could just be rumors. It could be gossip. It just could be neighbors trying to, you know, spread bad information about one another. It could be something more nefarious. Maybe an illegal magic user, uh, a corrupt magic user. Sometimes, well, most of the time, the general populace doesn't know the difference. Well. As long as one knows how to control the winds and they use it responsibly, it's not so bad. I agree. Unfortunately, most do not know how to control the winds. Well, I'd be very curious to see how the winds are controlled around here in this part of the world. If we don't pick up the trail then hopefully we'll get more information uh, about this other lead. And if so, then we'll probably head to Stromdorf. It sounds like a good plan to me. He takes uh, another sip of his ale and, uh, you know, bites into uh, uh, some of the food. And you guys have a, a decent meal. There's actually um, some... Venison? Some- so no, not venison, but there is there is some cooked meat and uh, some bread uh, for you guys to have, um, and it's it seems like it's been uh, seasoned decently. I'm starving probably at this point after us not actually eating much. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely good. Um, I definitely so. have a thirst. <laughs> Great thirst is upon you. Is there anything else that anybody wishes to discuss or bring up? I think we're good. I feel good. Uh, I would like to stop in uh, at the Ubersreich docks on the way. Yes, there will be plenty of time to stop at Ubersreich when you guys get there. Um, you know, we'll discuss more of that next time as to exactly what's going to happen. Um, so, unless anyone else has anything else to add to the dinner, um, you guys uh, finish your meal. And unless anyone has anything else to ask or say, uh, Matthias doesn't speak a whole lot more during the, the meal. No. Oh, we're good. All right. Um, I would try to uh, approach Matthias after the meal is over, perhaps we're walking away from the dinner table. And just like, uh, inquire more about the previous wizards in his, in his employ, and if they had perhaps left any notes, tomes, or grimoires of those sorts that could still be available, I could study off of. Okay. Uh, 
bookmark that for next time because that is uh that is more simple than just a one sentence answer um but uh the dinner ends and you can have your discussion with matthias after that's over and then the following day each of you receives uh a visit from davy and gaius the uh the chamberlain of gallows end and uh, he informs each of you one by one throughout the, the course of the next day that witch hunter, uh, the witch hunter captain, Aaron Strauss, would like to have a word with you and to meet you in person. And so you will each have a chance to, uh, to have a discussion with him next time. Oh, man, we're getting called into the principal's office <laughs> already. <laughs> I'm just shit all over Kessler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't feel tardy. So with that, I think that is a good place for us to call it. So we will wrap it up here. Congratulations on a job well done at Grunwald Lodge. And everyone is still intact in one piece. No missing appendages yet. So we'll have to kick it up again for next time. Do we get 25 or more experience? Uh, We'll discuss that when we're done here. So we will call it a night at that. Thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on another episode of Dragon's Greed Gaming. This will put an end to episode number five, and we will be back next time. Nighty-night. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.